We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. Welcome, everyone, to episode 17 of the Foul Housemates podcast. I am your host, the lovable and attempting to be lovable Liam Wolf, alongside every week a very much more spicy, more anger filled, more beautiful than me, Dan Caprio. Dan, how you feeling? Good evening to all our listeners. I appreciate all of you. <laughs> very sudden into the Especially point. Especially our, our international listeners. Especially the one listener in Ireland and the one listener in Canada that we do have. And joining us this week, he is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He's a stand-up comic hailing all the way from New Brunswick. Or hailing all the way from... Where, where are you hanging out nowadays, Franco? Uh, Belleville. Belleville. From Danger! What's good? <laughs> Woo! Put your pee uh, away, boys. It's time uh, to get raw. Oh, oh shit! I, I didn't. I don't know. Now this is a this is a peepees out podcast. We only do peepees out <laughs> exclusively. Peepees out. Did podcast. you just say the word peepee on this podcast? Hell yeah, bro! I gotta uh, start. Gotta come in hot, bro. Gotta no pun intended. I think Q the dick jokes. Here we go. Oh, Here we beautiful. go. Why do why do rappers say pee pee in their raps? Dude, I've, I haven't heard of rappers say what pee-pee? rappers say. No, they're so. Oh my god, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, uh, fucking. Oh, oh I'm trying to remember. Uh, Hobson one time said it. I remember that much. I think Common and Nas said it on a track, and I'm no like, what? Way. this is disconcerting. <laughs> Every one of these guys should be saying the word cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dan's right. Dan's totally right. Oh they, god! They seem like more cock And and half of those and half of those, I know for for a fact. I think it's Eminem and Kendrick. It was because they both started the first line with wee wee, and then they went to pee pee. <laughs> Real conscious rap. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the rhyme scheme they got. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's too oh, much of beautiful. a classic. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. But yeah, Franco, thank about. you for joining us on the pod, my guy. Thanks for having me, man. How's how's uh returning to a, a mid COVID uh stand up group? Oh, dude, returning, yo, dude. All right, so I, so I I uh, I did stand up, I think two months ago. I did two shows. I did our show. Uh, it was a collective at Wawa Social, and then I did a backyard show in Hillsboro. And after those two shows, I was like, uh, going back inside. Fuck that. It just felt gross, dude. And then recently, these mics, dude, I can't, I can just go off and off. Uh, like, I can go on and on forever about how weird it is to try to remember or relearn your old material. It's so fucking weird. It's like, because like, all right, there's a huge difference. I've been telling people about this. There's a huge difference between writing a new joke. And then trying to relearn an old joke when you're on stage. Because I can't listen to my set that much. I, I don't know. It's I get ADD and I can't recite it at home. I, I'll start thinking about something else and I'll start talking about something else. Um, also, there's children in the house. <laughs> so I, can't, <laughs> I can't do that. So um, you can't really recite shit. <laughs> nah, dude. But like, so when, when you got a new joke, you know what you're trying to portray or what you're trying to say to the audience. Right. So even if the joke flops, what you're trying to say still gets there the way you, you kind of want it because that's the best way you know it at the time. When you're trying to remember shit, you might remember the punchline. You'll forget whole chunks of the setup. 
So then when you get to the punchline, it'll miss things like that. Yeah. And that the first mic on Monday that happened when I had that um the uh transmission joke, cross-eyed transmission joke. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that happened because I forgot to frame the joke right before the punchline cuz I would have like a little story set up and I usually frame it cuz that joke is a one-liner. It's just hidden in a bunch of bullshit. Excuse me. No problem. But like it's like um so I forgot to reframe it, and I also fucked up the point of view. Instead of saying, I talked to the woman, the point of view was she talked to me, and she said this to me, and then it fucked up the whole entire joke. And then I started realizing, oh, I was like, shit. I was like, dude, and it, and it got a chuckle. And that's one of like, that I put that joke, like, I put that there for a reason. And I, because it's, uh, it's one of my favorites, it hits pretty hard, and I need that there. So I can kind of like transition into something a little bit dirtier a little bit later because it's kind of like a like a test to what the audience yeah. is like. You know, if they're gonna get offended at this, I'm not gonna go into eight minutes of pussy. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I know that usually gets a, a good hit, and then it didn't, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Oh no, I forgot something." And while I'm thinking, I forgot something. I'm still talking and saying the rest of what I remember, and then I'm. I fuck up. I fucked up so many setups, so many setups, and I listened to it, and I was just like, "Dude!" But also, it gave me appreciation for my like. I was really hard on myself. I'm always really hard on myself. Oh yeah. And I, I always have all these like fucking rules that I put into every one of my bits. I'm like, this has to go here. I can't say this word because I said it over here already. I have to make sure this is different. Da-da. And like, I'm really, really like neat. With when I'm trying to form everything, and I make sure everything's in this like little fucking place and shit. But at, when I was making those bits, in my head I'm like, this is all trash. I fucking hate all of this. I have to write something better. Da da da. And then stepping away from it for so long, and then coming back to it, I'm like, holy shit! I never noticed how important every single word was in this little section, and how important this the rhythm was here and the timing was here. And I'm like, fuck. It, it feels like. I felt like uh, I was doing someone else's bits, and then now it's kind of like I'm patting myself on the back. I'm like, dude, you did a good job. You know, I got to catch up now, but like your writing and what what you used to do was like really good. So don't be so hard on yourself going forward, but still have the same laws and shit. Sorry if that was a long winded answer. No, no, no. It's you're you're good to go, man. No, that that was nice. No, we were we were just I I sort of agree totally um i've hit an issue where uh i've i had a lot of my i basically am working on like completely whole new wholesale like i've been writing new material constantly because i got a new phone Mm -hmm. and i realized after getting my new phone that all the jokes that i wrote on my old phone didn't transfer so I'm mm. like, fuck, I don't remember any of my old shit, including the stuff that I that I actually had down that I was like, this is actually a good bar. This is actually a good hit. And this is like right before COVID hit. So I, I was hitting yeah. like Re- uh, Reggie gave me a spot up in Jersey City. Um, I had a few spots here and there. So I was throwing those out. But like mm-hmm. a lot of those jokes just fucking vanished. 
And so I'm trying to write like whole new things that are not even tested out that I'm just fucking like writing off the cuff and trying to work out to see if it works out. And it's in front of like the only crowd I seem to be able to hit up is Brighton, which is like no disrespect to the to awesome Brighton bar. Shout out Brighton bar. But it's usually like guys who are just sort of they just want to do their set and fuck off. They don't really care. Like they're yeah. trying to work their shit out. So I'm going to yeah. put I'm going to put my effort in and put 100 percent into guys that all think that I'm a fucking schmuck and i'm like uh <laughs> fair fair you have any issues dan have you been going through some ruts during the open mic season that's a great feeling to feel like a, a schmuck isn't it liam i feel like all the time all the time dan but how about you shouldn't feel that way you should power through and yell at the audience man that's what i was i was yelling at uh max shepherd brought her friend max shepherd brought three friends out left those friends there after going on i think third and uh, left it up to me to do some uh, some mighty fine crowd work with those people, and they I don't know how, if they loved it or not, but I was having a great time. <laughs> was it, was that was that last Monday or was that? Yes, uh... yes, it was. Oh my gosh, how was the rest of that Tuesday, Mike? That I ran out of after fucking eating. Dick? I probably will not be <laughs> back. That's how it was. Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt. Uh, I I I had to. I went up. Well, my whole thing, I. Half of it was because my material kind of blew chunks, but the other half of it was because Tom Silver could suck my cock. So oh yeah, that, that was, was weird. No, I'm that not, was so I fucking weird. That, that was no, 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 no. Fuck that. Well, I mean, like, if you want to say it on the front, that like, okay, so context for the argument here. Brighton Bar has <laughs> yeah, two. Oh, being like, hey, yeah. my dick. Instead of like, yo, fuck this guy. So Brighton Bar, shout out Brighton Bar, has two open mics. You have the Monday open mic, which is a stand-up comedy open mic. Comics usually go and, and do their thing. The mic afterwards, the next day on Tuesday, is like whatever you want, whatever you can do. So it's mostly musicians and mostly people doing poetry. And sometimes comics show up and hijack the mic. That's usually just how it goes. And so I show up there being like, all right, I got some extra time. It's whatever. And this week there were just like, it was you, Franco, Sean McDonough, Dan, myself, and then I'm pretty sure everybody else, including other comics, were just doing fucking music and poetry. Like, I know Jay Hernandez was there plugging his project. There was Vin Brew. He was doing some musical stuff. But everybody else was just like a musician. So they walked in and saw all of us coming in trying to do material, being like, wow, you fucking, you get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so the first guy that went up, Tom Silver, who's a comic, he's been plugging this fucking, like, one man show monologue thing that he's been doing at That's what that was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that was Franco genuine. was confused in what he was doing. Yeah. I had no idea. No, I had no idea. I thought it was like I swear to God, this was my because I was listening like in bits, like in little pieces. I thought he found a book and he was like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's like a diary. So he's like, I'm going to start reading it. It's and weird then... Franco mentions that. I've seen people do that live. They they literally, they're like, I'm I'm working on a novel. I'm going to read part of the novel with no context. And they do it for 10 straight minutes. Uh. You don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. Oh, my God. And they leave That's... no room to breathe. I'm known for leaving no room to breathe between punchlines. These people say... A fucking five paragraphs or five chapters of a book in ten minutes. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh my Dude, god! 
And I, yeah, I did. I, I tried to listen, but then like my brain was like, no, don't do that. Don't look at your, look at, look at a blank page instead. And I was like, all right, fine. I, I just really couldn't, I couldn't do it. Let's, how about, how about this? We'll reenact. Dan, you're the host. Okay. Okay. I want you to, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, Tom, Tom Silver. Tom okay. Silver. Yeah. I'll be so Tom Silver. Liam, you be Liam. Um, All I'm right, going great. to, I'm going to finish off. I'm going to finish my, my memoir, my memoirs of a geisha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I don't want to imagine Tom as a geisha, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> don't hold the spoon that way. She said, but I'm in the car. That shouldn't matter. Should it? Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was real brave of him. We don't see that very often. Give it up for our good friend, Tom, whatever his last name is this week. <laughs> and so, and it's, so been it's been three different last names on social media. That's the only reason why so, I say that. And, and I've so, been befriended by all of them. And so he goes and does his, his read his poetry. No, 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 oh, no, we're no, just no, going to no, no. reenact the, the whole bit. thing. We're still in the bit. We're still, we're still in the, the bit. bit. Okay. Dan, you got to bring up Liam. Dan, you got to bring up me. No, I'm sitting down. I'm, full, I'm I'm closing my yellow ass laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, yellow, your yellow ass not supposed to be used for anything personal laptop. That's your, what it says sprawled on the back. Your yeah, yellow yeah. laptop that was lifted directly from the set of Die Hard with a Vengeance. It was used by a, a freaking Irish terrorist in that movie. Oh, God. Yellow laptop. All right. Now, Dan, Dan, bring me up. And I want the people listening to know that this is exactly what happened. Like I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit right. I am, Hello, I am Tom. I'm going to sit right in front of the stage. And here we go. <laughs> and I'm folding my laptop. Ladies All and right. gentlemen, it's one half of the Foul Housemates podcast. It's my co-host. Give it up. Give a big round of applause for Liam Wolf. <laughs> Liam. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Did you. How are you guys feeling? How are you guys? You guys are doing well. Did you guys enjoy t Tom Silver's, uh, Tom no, Silver's no, memoir? <laughs> no. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. No. I happen to no. what what's wrong, Tom? Is he no, keep it to your no, no. Keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Keep it to yourself. All right, just just let me know when you're reading the last chapter so I don't show no, up. No, I'm an it. artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say this and break character because this actually did happen. Tom sent me a long-winded message after I criticized him doing that again, like you know, at multiple open mics. And he told me he flat out cannot stand my act. And I said, you're you're more than welcome to have that opinion, Tom. That's just uh, I don't know why you're just telling me if you just hate my act. Why <laughs> are you why, why are you going to comedy open mics and perp like this is the thing I don't understand. Like it's like I was kind of the dickhead for heckling him and shitting on him at like a, the music open mic thing. He's doing oh, this bit. <laughs> He's doing this thing. At a fucking comedy open mic. And he he goes to it telling the host, hey, I'm going to read out of this memoir that's really depressing and sad. And Angelo, who's the host, is like, yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. He gave it the AOK. So, allegedly. And so he goes up and then spends fucking five minutes reading a fucking chapter out of his memoir and the whole fucking energy falls and then the next two comics have to follow the fucking depression fest. Like, yeah, I, that's the shit that I don't understand about it. It's I, like, it's, I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead. 
I just wanted to finish my thought where it was like, I understand if you're going to bring it to like a poetry music open mic, because like the comic guys go in there. I get why we're kind of like invaders doing our bits in front of like a bunch of guys who don't give a fuck. I get that. But so like me busting his balls there was kind of a douche move. I get that. That's that's on the table. Well, no, you know, I I, I would just because I want to come to your defense here. You did the right thing as a comic. When the room dies, like when a comic goes up and he fucking shit on the room, you as the next comedian have to go up there and kill them to save the room. That's just how it is. Yeah. But maybe, maybe uh, that's a good instinct. I don't know. He, did, he didn't take it like that, but continue. Sorry. No, I mean, like, it's a, and I've been trying to, like, work on, like, crowd material and trying to, like, talk to the crowd more and trying to work on, like, being a little bit more improvised. Mm-hmm. But every time I do it, literally every single time I've done it, I've, I have unfortunately chosen the most sensitive fucking snowflake ass pieces of shit. Cause every time it's the same shit. I'm just like, yeah. So, uh, what do you, uh, how's your act going? Just pay attention to your bit, bro. Pay attention. Fuck you, bro. And they just <laughs> fucking make everything awkward for everyone. And then I have to like sh- sheepishly do the rest of my set. Like there was one time at fucking Elazar's mic. I, I, this is uh-huh. one thing that really fucking drove me nuts. He did a mic up in uh, at the Ale and Witch, right? Uh huh. He, he did a mic up at the Ale and Witch. He did. And- yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a short it was a short lived, I think. Short lived. <laughs> oh yeah. It was one of oh, those. Yeah. And so he goes up to the Alien Witch and the motherfucker does this whole goddamn like uh, this person goes up and she does she's obviously like doing one of those like I'm doing this on Instagram for all my for all my hoes back at work type oh, thing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh-huh. And so she's reading off like all her jokes. I'm sitting in the back with our boy Mike. Shout out to Mike. And Mike is leaning into me being like, yeah, this girl fucking sucks. This girl's trash. I'm trying to write my set. I'm like, you know, it's it's whatever. I don't care. But he's like, yeah, she's just not funny. And I'm like, I don't care, man. And she fucking directs like, yo, guys in the back, shut the fuck up during my set. Fuck you. Don't fucking Whoa. yell. And shit. like she starts flipping shit on us and saying that we're all a bunch of pieces of shit. Yo, man, then, Liam, not for nothing. She's I got to take her side on this one. Then I have to no. Then uh-huh. I have to go up. And I have to do my shit. And I decide, I'm like, you know what? Let me try to not make an awkward situation awkward. So I respond to the bit where it's like, look, I was in the back working on my set. And then all of a sudden I'm being called a fucking sexist because I'm sitting here working on my joke. She flips me off immediately. And I'm just like, so uh, how long have you been doing? And she's like, apparently less than you. Do your fucking set, dickhead. Fuck you. And I'm like, all right, shit. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck all right, me. all rule. Uh, there's no rules after that. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, that's oof, all right. I got it. Let me. I got yeah. checkmate. You're good." And I just went with the rest of my set. So like, <laughs> yeah, no. It's just like every single time I've tried to work on shit. It's always like, it always leads into this bullshit. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, apparently, don't do crowd work ever. <laughs> I disagree. You're right. Tom Silver, grow some balls. That's that's the real answer. Yeah, I mean, like, yo, if you're gonna work on some shit, you know, like you gotta be able to take some criticism. And he he should know that as a as a performer, like, yo, if I just if I just died on stage and someone else goes up, does what you did, I get it. I get it. You gotta fucking you know, you gotta say some shit about how bad I died. I get it, bro. I'll take it to the chin. Yeah, yeah, because you have to do because you have to perform after that. I did something. He did something fucked up. He killed the room. Yeah, 
he fucking he just flipped his tits and started fucking being a goon and that like following that to show the proper way to deal with it sean mcdonough comes up and roasts my ass and then <laughs> and, and, and i laugh it off because that's because it's a joke and i've taken a lot of shit from sean mcdonough shout out sean mcdonough but i've taken a lot of shit from but like you got to realize that that's the that's the that's the bit if you're a comic you just take the fucking licks it's fine so i've never really i've heard about him um heard i heard him i heard about him i heard he was creepy or some shit who tom then, uh, yeah yeah no, i thought you were gonna say bovit <laughs> no he's Who's not that? saying but oh no that's a whole other story some guy <laughs> i had i had over my house that bled all over the floor and vomited on the ground that's it's a long story what designated anyway driver, by the, way. De the designated driver was the one that got sick all over the place and was Damn. possibly on acid yeah oh, possibly gotcha. it's it's a long it's a long story uh did we even talk about it on the podcast dan or was was that the first episode do we talk with Mike it's Cava? Been, it's been brought up in pieces. Yeah, it's a it's a long story. I don't want to get into it. Uh, basically, I held a house party, and uh, someone who will remain nameless, and by that I mean his name's Brandon Wonderlick. Yeah, I was uh, invited yeah. <laughs> invited this guy named Bovin over, who was supposed to be his DD, and Bovin decided. I found out the full story. The full story was he drank two full glasses of straight vodka. Oh, it's two. What now. the fuck? <laughs> he just dude. He, even in the, my even, Liam, even in my heaviest drinking days, that's gonna hit you very hard. Yes, and he he let me note was probably. I think I was told by Wonderlick that he had like thin blood or something. So <laughs> like um, two shots would get him trashed. Yes. <laughs> Like, so he has two cups, like oh. water glasses filled with vodka. And so he's drinking. I'm downstairs <laughs> with Dan Farley playing beer pong. Apparently upstairs, he's telling people that he's Spider-Man. Ooh. And then starts trying to climb up my walls. Oh, my God. And then as I'm downstairs playing beer pong with Dan Farley and two beautiful women... A giant thud is heard from up top in the downstairs. I go, what is that noise? That didn't sound good. I go upstairs to see a friend of the podcast, Victoria Scaplin, also friend of the podcast, Dan Farley, but friend of the podcast, uh, Victoria Scaplin, taking care of this anemic man who is now vomiting on my floor, bleeding everywhere. Jesus. And is now not the designated driver. Definitely not the designated driver. Oh, no, nah, get behind the wheel, bro. Oh, no, nah, dude. <laughs> you nah, know, dude. Do some wheelies. Do some wheelies, bro. Still, I would still say, nah, you can still drive Wonderlake home. You're all right. Just, uh, just <laughs> it out, man. You'll be okay. <laughs> Straight up. Nah, but it was uh, it was rough. It was rough that night. But, yeah, so Bavin. But I've only heard some things about Tom Silver. Like I've I've heard like he's he's like I've heard from stories from friend of the podcast Joe McAndrew that um like he's kind of like one of those like old school comics who was from like the nineties and never made it and he's bitter about it and he still goes oh, to yeah. or something like that. Liam, I've yeah. talked to Tom about his you know, as much as Tom doesn't like, you know, I guess me as a person, he talks to me quite frequently. And <clears throat> We've talked about, you know, like the shows he was a part of and what he used to do. And, yeah, I mean, if he went through that, I could see him being bitter. But he's still at it, though. Like, 
it's one thing to be to be bitter and then not do it anymore versus being, you know, like, you know, just at odds with everything live on the mic. Yeah. And it's it's also too like the other thing is like if you're a comic, why are you taking shit so sensitively? Like if you're at a mic and someone's just roasting you, just fucking laugh it off, like deal with it. Like I, the amount of shit that like other comics have said on the mic about me, I should turn around and kick them right in the fucking jaw. But I don't because I get it because I get it. It's a Mm -hmm. bit. I get it. The fact that he doesn't fucking get it and he's like fucking almost 60 (laughs) or if he is 60, he looks like he's 60. It's just, know. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I didn't come here to just talk about open mic shit. I didn't sit here to talk about open mic shit. We've got a bunch of other topics to go through. I'd like to um, say for the record, I gave Tom Silver one of my open mic. Uh, it was the fifth Sunday of the month. And I said, Tom, I'd like you to host this one. So I, I want to say I'm not an enemy of Tom Silver, nor I believe is he an enemy of myself. Look, I don't, I don't have any ill feelings towards Tom Silver. I'm just like motherfucker. What the fuck? Oh, like, good. <laughs> like good. that's. I, de- I definitely have beef with other people. We were talking about that pre-podcast, and uh, I, would I, you I, like I, to bring that up, Dan? <laughs> it's a real thing, man. I'm sure Franco can agree. What comedians have beef with one another, and that can lead to good things. Oh, yeah, I, don't yeah, give, yeah. I don't give a shit about this whole like. Now, I will say this. Let's not let's not get it twisted. I don't believe that a comedian should be ripping another comedian down and being like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like like the whole thing happened with Shane Gillis. Let's let's use that as an, as an example, because uh-huh. I've seen him perform live. I, I saw him on a Big Ten show years ago. Yo, I yeah, I did a Big Ten show when I was first starting out. And then I remember I did. I was up. Kate was up and then he was on it. And I was like, holy shit. This may be the be same that show that, that we're it might be. About. It might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was it was definitely a few years ago, uh, and then you know shit totally hit the fan, and and it's like other comedians are saying like, yeah, cancel this guy. I'm like, no, man, no. I'm no matter how you feel about him, and and of course everything was taken out of fucking context with him. Oh yeah, but, I saw the whole clip, yeah. and he was playing a character. Exactly. Yeah, he's playing a character when he said the the c words. Th- that's really well, not I- like. That that's not an old scenario, but a newer scenario would be like you know Chris D'Elia or um uh, yeah. what what happened with uh, uh what's his name um he was uh one of the uh sec not Dave Attell but uh, he was another uh, uh, oh uh fucking uh the kid the fighter and the kid right no man what's not, his face well, that, Brian Callen Brian Callen yeah Brian Callen but no I mean like uh, c- can I say his name uh or is it still redacted. Uh, fucking, fucking what? Because I'm fucking... on Liam. I'm on his podcast tomorrow, 8 p.m. Uh, all right, you can say it once. I'm his second guest. I have to in this case. Richard Dweck. I know Franco. You know Richard Dweck, right? We've we've mentioned of him course on the podcast. He's on the. He's on the. Isn't he on the cover? He's he's the cover of he's the podcast. Yes. Mascot. He's our he unofficial not, mascot. He, he did not okay that photo, by the way. But we don't care. Um, I thought honestly, I thought he was part of this, and I was really excited to talk to Dwight. Well, he was, he was part of a three-hour episode, but that's that's really it. Like we've mentioned him, and we have bits about him, and we have nicknames. I know for you him. do. I remember yeah, when I when I walked yeah. when I walked into the mic on Monday. Um, I saw Dweck, and I saw I, I, first I saw you, and I was like, "Oh shit, Dan Caprio's here!" And then I looked over, I saw Dweck. I'm like, "Oh my god, Dan Caprio's jokes are here!" So. It was <laughs> It's not all my jokes, by the way. I, 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 I write every single I, I wrote jokes today. 
mean, no, no I know you're right. I know you're right. I know you're right. Yeah, he's he's got. I do have at least sixty Richard Dweck roast jokes at this point, probably more. <laughs> oh my god! There is a good reason why we banned his name on this podcast, and that is because Dan won't shut up. Well, no, I have to bring it up because this is this is related to what we're talking about. Okay, directly. okay. He, so he tweeted that. Oh no, I'm sorry. He put on Facebook, but it, it could have been part of a tweet. He said Chris D'Elia didn't kill himself, in parentheses, but he probably should have. Without knowing any of the fucking facts, he's acting with his emotions. He's like, oh, Chris D'Elia's in trouble. I better shit all over this guy. What, I don't care who if you did... don't like him or not, man. Don't be doing that. Who knew Who knew Dweck was such a baller? <laughs> like, he's not. Chris is wrong. He's wrong. Chris D'Elia, I'm saying, I'll say it right now. Chris D'Elia, hashtag innocent. Isn't isn't Chris D'Elia, like, confirmed, like, a, a creepy, not like, 13-year-old? No, chaser no isn't he a skirt chaser for like 13 year olds that's like confirmed though he may be a skirt chaser but not that young. Well, i don't know dude see so <clears throat> i was following the thing because i was a fan of his podcast i i was a fan of uh of uh delia's shit but his stand-up was dookie and i always knew it was dookie and I, and um my theory was he got big way too early he still needs a lot of work and his better shit is was you know yet to come but so the shit drops and I'm like, fuck, I can't listen to this shit. Now I had like four episodes that I was do- like, I was putting in the, like I was banking for later for like later drives and shit. And I was like, I can't yeah. listen to the rest of his shit now. And then, um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the shit people, like girls dropping their emails and shit. And they're like 15 through 17 type of shit. And then I was like, God, ah, it's fucked up. And then I see that his team goes, well, here's the rest of those emails. Like the, end that these girls cut out and it shows where he's like oops my bad bye you know that type of shit or like ghosting them or oh, whatever shit. or then All some right. girls are like hey like he's like oh you, you know are you dtf or some shit like that and th- these are my words and then the girl's like um oh i'm like 16 or whatever and then she hits him up years later and she's like well i'm like 18 or like i'm 20 now what's good and he was like and like he never answered so it's like those things, and they're, they're trying to say he was grooming, and he, and they were like, no, he's not, right? So then I'm like, okay. So everyone jumped to conclusions, so this guy could be in the clear. And then I'm seeing other shit on Twitter, and it was hard to follow it because if you type it in on Twitter, all you see is other people talking about it. You don't get to see, like, the facts. And I, that's all I want to see is the facts. I want to see what did they say, what did he say. You know, I want to see this the cold hard facts. Show me the car facts. And... um. <laughs> and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like go through, comb through all this shit. And then I talked to, to a, a friend of mine who was like, oh no, I, I was not a manager yet, but I was working a club where Delia was Beetle, there. By the way? No, 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 no. Um, Thank God. He doesn't work clubs like that. Um, <laughs> come on. He <laughs> rips them off and then makes up fake ones. Yeah. Dude, he, um, my friend was uh working the staff, and they were like, "Oh, um, I was working, and she she worked for the club, so she was like, I was working, and then he was hanging out with these two girls, and he was getting them drinks, and then I'm starting to realize that the manager walked over, and he was like, Yo, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here, but I can't be serving underage people drinks. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but when it comes to our drinks." going to them that's a no so he was just like all right all right all right like i'll chill with giving him drinks and shit like that 
They were clearly underage. Do I know they could have been over 18? Sure. I don't know. But they were definitely under 21. So it's like things like that where I was like, okay, that's still unclear. It's kind of fucking weird, though. It's kind of adding up. These little things are adding up. And then I'm going through Twitter again. And then this one girl's like, yeah, me and my friend were definitely 16. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, all right. So, nah. <laughs> and then like, I'm going through some other shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, he just randomly texted me. We should make out. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? It clearly says I was like 17. And my 17th birthday just happened on my Instagram where he DM'd me and shit like that. So I'm like, okay. He could have skated through some of them. But then some of the stuff is undeniable. And Oh, yeah. So it's like it, it fucking sucks because it's disappointing. Because I'm like, this is someone I was I was I was watching his career. I was like, this guy's dookie at stand up, but his podcast is fucking hilarious. Maybe his podcast stuff will go over to stand up, and I'm watching it because I'm trying to learn. Like, how is it going to get better? How is it? And then all this shit happens, and I'm like, fucking fuck you, dude. What are you doing? You know, you had people watching. You had people look like I don't know. I forget, I forget he what podcast I was. Die. Oh, hold on, hold on, Dan. I was gonna <laughs> no, say. He doesn't to die. <laughs> he, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if he's a legit pedophile, probably. But like, Wrong. and and but Al I'm thinking like in her twenties. I don't have Dan, a problem with that either. Dan, Dan. Oh, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Um, no, it's just this whole thing of like. Uh, I forget what podcast it was. It was some podcast that I was listening to. Oh no, it was a streamer like a political streamer I follow. Oh, here we go. And he was telling me, oh, shut up, Dan. He was telling me, uh, he was telling people like, um, we should probably stop fetishizing like high schoolers because a lot of this shit with like guys like Dalia and stuff, it all stems back to like guys who have like barely legal fetishes where it's like they, they dig 18 year olds because they're new and they're inexperienced and they don't know that you're bad at sex. So you get to have like a young girl in there. And so you get to be like, you basically like groom them to be your fucking sex toy is ostensibly what the fetish is. And it's something where it's like, I get that's where I, I understand where like guys like Chris D'Elia get hit with this shit. Why guys like that? Because it's it's a fucking terrible fetish that we should probably stop having people have in general. And honestly, I go as far as to say like you should probably date within your boundaries, man. Like I'm 26, so I personally go to like if you're like 21, that's like the minimum. Like if you're under 21, like get out of my face get out of my face i don't need that shit like big nope on that front dan disagrees with me wholeheartedly ain't that right dan no i, I don't i i disagree with comedians who are defending that cuties movie on that front let's let's not you're talking about oh. like you know oh yeah it's it's gross that comedians are having sex with women who are adults this shit is despicable technically know, they're adults i know comedians technically personally. they're adults personally Dan, that are defending this shit and the more Dan, i look into it the more i'm watching these people man first off anybody that's defending it well well all right i guess do you want to jump on this cuties train then i guess instead it's you won't let me finish week. my fucking point all right um so have you <laughs> been paying what, attention what, what, to this cuties what point what no, my point is that like adults <laughs> no i'm just saying like do you know any 18 year old that's fully developed that's like fully like no, in their and... in their zone. Yeah, then why I should was. a fucking forty year old date an eighteen year old? You talking about physically? You talking about physically or mentally? Like either or. Because I def I definitely was. 
I was pretty much this at 18. I just had a little <laughs> bit more hair. A little bit more hair. And for but, the record, I'm not going to date an 18-year-old either. Well, I'm just but saying. If, like, that's the thing. Like, if a 40-year-old was hitting me up when I was 18, there's no way in fuck that they're looking for a fucking connection. You know what I mean? You're just looking for some for some young buck. Yeah, and on Franco's point, I will say this. If a 60-some-year-old woman wants to date me, I'm not doing that either. I mean, I could I could go either goes way. goes both ways. I could be game for that. That would be cool. To have a, whoa, oh, this is my girlfriend, <laughs> Agnes. Get the fuck out of here, Liam. It's called a sugar mama, Dan. You take you and your dusty pussy and get the – you go kick rocks. <laughs> she can't kick rocks, dude. Her knees are bad. <laughs> well, Liam can kick rocks for both of them. Right, yeah, yeah. But my knees are bad. <laughs> how do we? How do we do this? Oh, arthritis. Oh God, what were we talking? Oh yeah, the cuties thing. Cuties. So, 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 Franco, Make have you been following for this? Our French list. So, so, so I, I follow this like loosely. Um, like at work, I'll click like the news tab and shit like that, and I saw this, and I saw that. The only thing I I, I no, did notice is that for some reason they changed the the uh, I guess the flyer of it the right poster. is that what it's called yeah the poster the, the movie poster for the American one is very different from the French one and um, the American one made it seem like it was like sexualizing young kids and then I was reading the article and like the director was like first of all I didn't even know that they fucking made that poster and I'm like I don't know sure why not what maybe maybe not but. They're like, wait till the movie comes out. We're on the same side. Trust me. It's not about sexualizing kids. It's about this being fucked up. It's about the same thing. Like We're on the same side here. Just don't jump on it yet. Just trust me. It's one of the same side. I'm like, okay. Which would make sense why Netflix would continue to be like, yeah, we're still releasing this shit. Yeah. But I don't know. You don't really know until the movie comes out. But even then, if you put on, like, you put this lens on that you're like, this is so fucked up. You're watching it. It might still look like that fucked up thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like from I, I was oh. I was initially agitated by the whole thing too, and then like a friend of mine was telling me like, no, 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 you don't understand. The movie's about like the evils of like sexualizing youth, ostensibly mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. especially in black girls at a young age, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the sexualization of women at like children's ages and shit, like basically ripping all over like pageants and all that shit. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty lit. And it was all just like Netflix being like, "Ah, let's make it Epstein bait. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's get that Epstein bucks. And Um... and guys like, yeah, because they're some fucking ad agency moron who works at fucking uh, Netflix didn't really understand how to ad advertise the movie. So they thought like, oh, let's just advertise it like this. This is a good ad. Yeah, let's put it out there. Tone deaf, not knowing that like it totally gave off pedo vibes immediately. Yeah. Uh, the director and all the cast certainly didn't have a problem with either one of those uh, posters, apparently, Liam. So I don't I don't know. what I don't know how to defend this. The, def- the, the director had an issue with those posters. She came out saying like she didn't know those posters were released i don't buy that one second and not only that if you look at the french poster you notice that it not only glorifies sex in young girls but also materialism as well so the french poster's no not much better yeah well i don't know if it sexualizes it's just them at the end of the street throwing bags and shit up in the air and like if you're gonna go that far it's like you know it's like it's fucking anti-nudity and like because they're wearing clothes or like it's fucking anti-basketball because there's not a single basketball in the movie like 
you, you got to show one eleven year old that's going on a shopping spree like that. Actually, if, I don't yo, know if, any you, if you're yo, if you're getting pageant money, bro, you seen pageant money? This ain't no pageant, man. This is nasty. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the movie. I I know it's like literally the poster argument. Um, but I do I know the trailer listen, got I, 1.5 million downvotes. I think that's a record at this point. Really? But like most of those people are million. But most of those people are downvoting the thing without even watching the trailer. They're downvoting it because they're like, ah, save the children. You, ah, QAnon. That's what they're Liam, doing. You probably you probably are right, but I watched I watched that and a different trailer. There's no defending this movie. I'm sorry. Because what Liam is trying to say is, it's like, oh, no, this movie is saying that this is wrong. And if you watch it, they're using 11-year-old girls in a sexual manner to downplay 11-year-old girls doing things in a sexual manner. That's like, I remember Liam brought up uh, fucking Requiem for a Dream. A big anti-drug movie. They were not doing real heroin in that. They were not junk. They didn't hire junkies actively using heroin in the movie. That's okay, called uh, well, hypocrisy. Well, well, first and foremost, we don't know Jared Leto, Jared Leto's sobriety levels during the filming of that film, so he could have been a junkie. Innocent. First and foremost, uh, no hashtag guilty. That fucker has a cult now. Uh, number two, that wasn't the point. I mean, the point was that like it was a movie that was like Requiem for a Dream is an anti-drug movie where all of the people use drugs in the movie. This Not is a, real drugs. I well, yeah, because they're acting. Because they're acting. They're damn. acting. Damn. Why, would, why would you? Why would uh, you go? Why would a director yeah. go? You know what? Let's hire some fucking tweakers. I, Franco, I don't know how you act, how you act out twerking, but it's really twerking. It's not. But it's not like they're they're filming it because okay, they're like, on. ooh, let's. Uh, Dan, is this a real argument? <laughs> is this a real argument, or are you just are you just nitpicking right now? No, this is you know damn right. Would you be happier if they used real heroin? Would you be happier if they like <laughs> no, really fucking? Like I just said, that's hypocrisy. Uh, dude, how do they? How are they gonna fake twerk? Did you, would you like CGI? You don't. No, you don't use eleven-year-old girls. You do what they did in the eighties and use age aged up people. Oh, like uh, so, so, so hire like eighteen, nineteen-year-olds to play eleven-year-olds. Logic has been okay. done. No, yeah, yeah, it's, Dan, it's, it's no. been done. It's been done. Like, yeah. Dan, you know, but then they have to age up the movie to be like 16 year olds because no 18 year olds going to come off as 11. I'm sorry. Unless you're that one woman, that one police officer in To Catch a Predator. She's done it like plenty of times. <laughs> she's been 11. She's been 13. That cop has been fucking killing it, dude. Her voice is 11. Her body screams 39, but her voice dude, is I... 11. Also, man, uh, to release it now is really fucking tone deaf with everything that's been got like have they not heard of what's going on with this fucking fantasy island it's like oh yeah we got this movie though let's release it uh now with this fucking fantasy island yeah well i think i think i think um i think that might be i mean this is me just guessing but i think they might just be releasing it because they're like hey the point is that this is wrong we're on the same side here but I understand, but like, I think it's, I think it's hypocritical. I understand your point. I, uh, I'll watch it. All right, I, all right. I, let me feel, let me put out another example. Let me put out. Oh, a, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Dan. Let me put out another example so I could so I make it clear. And it's not going to be a great movie for this example, but hear me out on this. Showgirls, Dan. Remember uh -huh. the movie Showgirls? Yes. 
Remember how that movie was a harsh criticism of the sexualization of the LA, of the Las Vegas stripper culture and how like most higher ups and executives use women as sex toys for their own devices as like a power trip thing. And it's a giant like it's a whole entire criticism on toxic masculinity and sexism. That was one thing they touched on. Yeah. Do you also realize that the whole movie was just fucking that one girl from Saved by the Bell strip dancing for most of it and getting nude and naked. Yes. So does that mean that the movie's completely hogwash and bad because it's trying to just depict like sexism and like sexual assault and male power trips while also being a male power trip film? According to many people, also yes. That was a that was a, that was a good that was a good one, Liam. Made money. Hey, I'll give it that, man. It made a ton of cash once it was released. Dude, but did you see that sex video. scene in the pool? Yo, <laughs> with Kyle McLaughlin. Dude, did you see that fucking pool scene where she's just fucking whipping back and forth like she's riding a horse, dude? Yo, you ever you, you see the you see the dance hall scene where they're doing like all the workouts and trying to like audition women and, and the one guy's like, okay, now thrust and thrust and thrust and thrust. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dude, man. that movie's so underrated and it's also so terrible. <laughs> Dude. Dude, shout out to Kyle yeah. McLaughlin's career. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. But real quick, yeah, who's, that, that. Who's, who's that cuties movie for? That's like, another good question. Demographic. No, no, like for real. Like what it's there. To, is it a kids movie? No, it's, it's not. It's no, rated, it's, it's it's rated it, NC seventeen, but it says TVMA on the thing. Wait, is oh. it really NC seventeen? It's rated NC seventeen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh yeah, problem. It, it's, it's probably one of those. Yeah, but you know what, dude? It's like have you ever seen um kids? It, I, no, yes, listen, I it's it's hard it's hard to keep up with you guys because like I've said before, white people fucking love movies. So hear me <laughs> out. If you know the title of this, um, you probably do. Um, it's Brazilian kids. One kid shoots somebody in the hotel. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, City of God. City of God. City of God. Okay, but I guess it's the kind of the same thing, isn't it? Where they're showing kids fucking doing crazy shit. You know? Yeah. And it's yeah. a dark movie. It's not made for kids. And I guess this might be the same thing. Where it's That's like true, but it's all it's all fake. I mean, but yeah. it's based on real <laughs> shit, yeah, though. But Dan. also, Liam, Liam, Liam. They are filming eleven year. They're filming eleven year old girls twerking. This is all right. Then movie. what about then what about kids? What about Harmony Kareen and what's his face's kids? I d I have a problem with that movie too. And no, that movie's great. That movie's awesome. Shout out, even, kids. I won't even say it's a great. It's an unforgettable movie, and it's, it's fucking of, awesome. It's one of the only movies I've ever seen where I felt sick to. I literally felt sick to my stomach watching it. It's it's. It really is pretty despicable. But, but it, yeah, but it's a movie about the AIDS epidemic and it doesn't shy away from the fact that it's like, oh, these guys purposely give women HIV because they're pieces of shit. And then, oh, look, now they have HIV and they're both having AIDS. Ah, lol. Yes. But the sex in that movie, as far as I know, is simulated. They're not really doing what they're doing. Like I said. They're filming 11-year-old girls twerking. Somebody else does that on the fucking street. They're going to jail. Oh, man. All right. So, all right. So, honestly, I, I feel like – so, Dan, you do have a point. Like, it's 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 a thin line because it's like, how do you – how do you – you know, if the movie wants to make a movie about this, right? The, the, the movie wants to be this, right? How do you show this truth 
without also becoming part of the problem. You know what I mean? So we don't know how much is actually the movie hasn't come out yet. So we don't know how much yeah. is actually just like behind the scenes where the, you know, the girls are talking to their mom and, and they're getting into fucking trouble or whatever. We don't know how much, if it's like a full, if it's like a two hour music video. Okay. Yeah. Way too far. But if it's, if it's like, if it's showing, you know, if it's showing like the truth behind everything and it's like focused more on like the darkness of what this is rather than just fucking, showing these kids dancing i understand it um it's i don't know it's just it's it's, it's weird it is weird I see, I see what you're saying you know if, if, they, like, if they show yeah. consequences to these actions yeah it's like yeah. because yo honestly yo these kids are doing this shit all all over the place fucking, yo, but Franco, in, in both of the trailers i saw not a uh-huh. shre- not a shred of that in either one of the trailers. Of it's what? just like, oh, we're having fun. And then like, oh, our mom's mad. Oh, I stole some money. Oh, we got to twerk again. Oh, oh, um, my friend's angry at me. No, <laughs> no well, consequences. Well, because you also uh, can't show in a trailer like back, like fucking uh, casting couch. Like you can't show <laughs> that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, well, I, on, hope it I hope it doesn't get there. But... There's probably going to, there's going to be a scene. This. I have There's to watch be this a movie scene. now for podcast reasons, and I'll say this, man: if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. All right. Well, I'm glad that you have. Yeah, I feel like if it, I feel like if it looks all light, and then it says like, you know, it's NC-17. It's probably NC-17, a dark ass fucking movie. It's probably really dark. Yeah, it's probably really morbid and depressing. Yeah, which is kind of like that. If it was, see, if it was like fucking, what like PG or PG-13 or some shit like that, I'd be like. Oh no! Then those kids could it's watch. Be, yeah, there's going to be a lot of dancing. This is a movie that the stars yeah. of the movie can't watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that doesn't make sense. Well, it's yeah. also French, and Dan, <laughs> you, you know, is... you know how fucked up the French get. Yeah, they're really bad yeah, comedians. Some... Yeah. I, I never heard one funny French comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know French. I don't know French, so I wouldn't know. Uh, but, it, um, it's a lot I'll of say this, man. It is a very abrasive fucking language, especially in children. Oh, yeah, they're speaking French, right? It's French. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's straight French. Yeah, buddy. I used to have this bit about French rap. I hate that shit. Oh, you hate French they? rap? <laughs> French rap? Oh, like hardcore French rap? Yeah, you take oh, an already God. harsh delivery and then you put French on top of it. So Dude, for real, dude. I used to I used to say like I used to say that fucking French rappers, it feels like they go into a studio and get really angry about something, and right before they're about to fucking like jump on the track, they drink a tall ass glass of warm milk. And they're like, all right, hit it. You're like, ew, that's fucking nasty, dude. And you're like, ew, I, I can't. I can't. It doesn't sound too many jubes. I can't. It's not it's not rap. I don't like Franco. that. And like and like British people that rap with like a thick tinny tempo. Ah, oh, come on, dude. Don't shit on drill, man. I love me dude. some uh, I love me some UK rap though. I'm sure all right, too. Fucking Dizzy, what's his name? Dizzy Rascal and Tinny Tempa. I can't. I can't do those guys. I can't. I can't. Those Fair. two. Just their names Fair. alone. Dude, I can't. I can't. You sound like, like Punisher Warzone villains. I used to. There uh, <laughs> was a. There was a. There was a fucking. I'm listening to Calvin. Uh, Calvin Harris's album, and there's a song, right? And the title is 
we're popping bottles, right? Or something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. it, this motherfucker goes in the chorus and he's like, we're popping bottles. And I'm like, ew, dude. <laughs> Ew, bro. Uh, bottles. And you're like, come on, bro. We are popping, popping bottles. bottles in here. Popping bottles. <laughs> no teeth. It's just no all teeth. like it's all throat. Popping bottles. bottles. <laughs> Franco, speaking of bad, bad hardcore French rap and NC-17 movies, watch the film Frontiers. You'll really appreciate both oh. of those a lot more. I feel oh, well, I, I was I gonna like one of the most violent movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it's, French, it's, it's 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 French French neo Nazis uh, torture a couple in a cabin in like the woods of France. That's basically Wrong. it. Isn't that's the same thing, right? Like it's starts basically off, like kills. Starts off it's, in the middle of uh, French riots. Then they uh, choose a meeting location. They end up at a hostel, not a cabin, and uh, it's a it's group a... of friends who are tortured by a family. It's almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre with. German Nazis in France committing atrocities against French people. Motherfuckers love movies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you guys fucking love movies. Oh, uh, dude, That's we crazy. love them so much. You should have listened to the last the last podcast where we dropped. Like, you guys 17... at the mic? We can talk about, about Rocky Dennis' movie collection. Oh my god, Hot to Trot and all the all the classics. Hot to Trot is my new favorite movie. Of I was going to I was going to say, though, I was going to mention, like, I had a bit a while back that I used to do about drill music that I really liked, which was all right. But no, but Ryan Rummel came up to me and he was like, that's actually a really good bit. That drill music bit, not relatable at all, but it's a good bit. <laughs> <See what I'm laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's why that's why I stopped doing the, the French rap shit. I only did it in Montreal. That's it. Because those some of those motherfuckers like that shit. Fair enough. I mean, it's just because I love me some like UK rap. Well, I, I was talking like when it comes to hip hop, the shit that I fucking can't stand is like when you go to like Slavic or like Austrian countries oh. that oh. do rap, and it's oh. like you listen to like fucking like Czechoslovakian rap or like fucking Ukrainian rap. I'll or, say this, or, or, or like or like Russians, and they're just like, and I'm like, what is yeah. this? Why are Liam, why are you punching me every time? I just Liam, even even worse than all that. I'll put it out there, and I got this from working in a Greek restaurant. Greek rap music is the worst rap music on earth, Greek and I'm sorry to the whole country of Greece, music. but it has to be said. Greek rap music. It's marketed only to diner workers and people that work in straight up Greek restaurants. <laughs> or Greece. Or Greece. <laughs> or or yeah, like the party the party towns of Greece. As oh if, dude. As if the country of Greece doesn't exist. It's bad. <laughs> and I say this as a half Greek man. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, spit me a few lines, Dan. Fuck that. <laughs> Come on. Yo, boy, yo, I'd rather eat, boy. eat weak old baklavas just sitting under a heat lamp <laughs> and listen to a one minute of Greek rap. It's your boy coming at you with that hot Zaziki, baby. was good? <laughs> coming at you with that gyro. Hear me? <laughs> A little gyro. Yo, little, it's it's little, it's your boy Mephiscopheles. We're gonna drop some shit. <laughs> You Little know who it is. Pastisticia. <laughs> Little Pas that's my new Greek rap name, Little Pastisia. That's my that's my favorite Greek dish. <laughs> oh God. Uh, oh so, yo, speaking of Greek dishes, it has nothing to do with it. But how how much do you guys like Japanese shows? 
all the time. What what Comedy which ones are we talking or... about? What are we talking about? Dude, there is this show that I have binged on Amazon Prime. It's called Hitoshi Matsumoto Presents Documental. Oh, I've heard of that show, yeah. Holy shit. I want to do something like this so bad. It is he picks ten comedians. The host picks ten comedians, right? They have to come through with a hundred thousand dollars of their own money. Right? <laughs> this already sounds terrible. A hundred thousand dollars of their own money? Yes. Uh how do you have a hundred thousand dollars just to be like, yeah, sure. I got Let's that. Some of some of them took out loans. Holy shit. I'm not even kidding, dude. One guy showed his fucking contract. Like he was like, yo, this is my look. This was loaned to me. Oh my god! <laughs> this will not Some be the, paid back. <laughs> like season one, you see these guys. More than half of them are like, "Yo," because the host. My favorite thing is that the host, right? If I knew Japanese, I'm pretty sure I'd be a fan of his comedy, bro. I'm more than positive because this dude is just roasting these motherfuckers before they even show up. Like he goes, "Okay, I picked, you know, blah 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 blah. I picked him. He's a funny guy. He's a newcomer. There's no way he's got a hundred grand, though. There's no way. This guy's <laughs> career is not that good. This other guy, his career is doing pretty good, but not that good. He's not just holding on to a hundred thousand. Like, and there, he's just rattling off how he thinks their careers are going and making fun of how much they get paid and how they used to be famous and they're not famous anymore. So they probably got to go sell some shit to get the hundred grand. So he doesn't know who's showing up because he picked a lot of people. And the camera's following some people. Like some of the people are like, hey, I asked a lot of uh, some comics are like, I asked a lot of friends for money and asked my mom for to borrow some money. So they show up with a hundred thousand, right? Ten comics show up with a hundred thousand dollars. They all had it. Yeah, they all well, ten of them did. I don't know how many people they asked. So, oh, so, so at this least is ten like of, a weeding this is like a, a process of weeding out. Like the hundred thousand dollars, is that just to like get in? It might yeah, it's just to get in. I don't know if they asked these 10 people specifically or if they asked 20 to see which 10 would show up. So okay. I don't know. They don't explain that. They better um, be able to win that back. Oh, they have an opportunity to, right? Okay. So they all show up at this table and the guy's like, okay, here are the rules. You guys all put your $100,000 in this bag. They're like, all right. They put it in this bag. And he's like, you all have to stay in this room for six hours. And it's got a kitchen, bathroom, all that shit. You stay in this room for six hours. Mm -hmm. If you laugh, you're out. You cannot smile. You cannot laugh. You get kicked out. You lose all your money. The winner gets a million dollars. Cool. Oh, my God. Dude, they had to bring, they brought their own, they were able to bring their own props. They were, dude, it is, it gets crazy so fast, dude. And I've never seen, like, it is so, you're in a room with Japan's 10 best comedians. Like you and nine of the best comedians, dude. And it is crazy, bro. It is so much. Dude, it it didn't take long before 10 dudes started showing buttholes and dicks. Like, it didn't take that long. <laughs> so you're doing whatever you can to make it, uh, another person laugh. Yeah, but then, like, the way the host breaks it down, and I love his fucking brain. He's like, okay. So he starts breaking down at each comic. He's like, this comic, he's a very silly comic, but I see him laugh at a lot of shit. So he might not have that good of a defense. He has a strong offense, but he has to be careful. This guy's deadpan. He might be able to fucking catch these guys off guard with something really random in a serious face. His defense mm. is strong. His offense, not so much. So he'll just go off and rattle off. And then also, like, he was explaining how if you go on the, on the offense and you throw a joke out there, it's like boxing. 
right? You throw a punch, you're vulnerable now. So if you throw something out, you're trying to be funny. If someone does some shit unexpected, you're more vulnerable to laugh at that. Oh, yeah. So, and it's also really hard, like, to laugh or, like, to, to hold back a laugh when you're not focusing on not laughing because you're focusing on the bit. So it's like this giant mind game. And every time these people get kicked out, there's like a little interview and they're like, yo, you go crazy in that room. The energy in there is so weird because everyone's trying to be funny and no one's laughing and you feel like you're going nuts because you don't feel like you're bombing. You're just like, it's everything is strategic. But meanwhile, some dudes are just yelling and throwing fruit or whatever the fuck they're doing. It's just, it's, I want to do something like this so bad. It is so crazy, dude. And sounds so, like a Brighton mic on Tuesday. Dude, <laughs> let me tell you, bro. Son, I, it, there was moments where, like, some of the people, like, would f- they lose their concentration. I saw one dude get, he, he got kicked out because he was just talking about, like, yeah, you know, me and my wife, uh, we were doing this thing. And some guy was like, you have a wife? And he goes, yeah. And two kids. He's like, oh, wow. You must drive your wife crazy. And politely, he was like, yeah. <laughs> And he was like, oh, fuck. Oh, and then, no. Bang, the buzzer no. hit. They're like, you, you fucked. And he's like, no way. My wife's going to kill me. Yeah, dude. Gonna kill me. But dude, it gets so crazy. I, should, I put Sean McDonough on it. And he texted me. He's like, dude, this shit is fire. They this made show it sounds awesome, man. I want to oh, watch it's it. so cool, dude. And the funny thing is that where they're in, Sean was like, it feels like they just finished filming Saw. But <laughs> they put all this like Asian furniture in it. Because the walls and the floors are all concrete. On the floor. like steel beams on there's steel beams on the fucking ceiling. And there's a giant <laughs> clock, but there's like really nice chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and like the really nice tables and like sushi and shit, and they can eat whatever. And oh dude, it's and each season it gets more difficult. Season one, it was just that. And then season two, they were like, some people were playing two passives, two passives. So we're gonna start a uh, a point system. So if there happens to be a like a tie or something. The one who made, got most people to laugh will take it, right? So there's yeah. a point system. Season three, there's still a point system, but now if you get kicked out, you get to come back as what they call a zombie. You're not dressed as a zombie, but you get to come back and make the other people laugh at the last oh, hour. Oh, no. Oh. So whenever the host wants the last hour, he presses a button, and two of the people that got kicked out will come back in and try to fuck with everyone that's in there. Because if everyone laughs... And everyone gets kicked out, and the last two laugh at the same time or something. Everyone gets their money back. It's a no contest. So they all have a motive. I got kicked out. I got to go back and crack these motherfuckers so I can get my money back. Yeah, and then yeah. they just release Richard Dweck as a fucking wild card, and then everybody. <laughs> Dweck like, enters and money. then oh. no, Dweck enters and then he immediately leaves. That's oh. what happened. He just they walk in, the buzzer will immediately hit. Come on. I'll get into this more on his podcast tomorrow. Certainly. Nah, dude, I love me some ja- some Japanese TV. It's always a fucking bomb, bro. That, there's one show that Yo, I, don't say uh, Japanese and bomb in the same sentence. Oh, way. shut Come up, on. Dan. <laughs> Dan. God damn it, Dan. No, uh, no, there's this one show. I'm trying to remember the fucking name of it. I think it's called, like, like it translates to, like, Don't Laugh or something. And it's, uh-huh. like, their version of Jackass. Where it's like they have five guys and the host of it's like, all right, we got these five guys who are all like stunt comedians and they're like prop guys. They're like typical like TV C-list comedians. And they're like, we're going to put them in a scenario and they bring them into like a school and stuff. And then their surroundings are all just like the most the, the whole point is to make them laugh consistently. 
Hmm. And and they have to like stay straight faced while like like giant inflatable sumo men tackle them to the ground and like fucking teachers like throw fruit at their head. And if they laugh, they have guards come in and like either whack them with like a kendo stick or shock them with a cattle prod or like they have like a the shock collar on their neck sometimes. So like if they smile or laugh, then they get shocked with like hardcore vaults and it's it's so fucking intense but it's so fucking hilarious because they're just like in these outrageous scenarios where it's like how can i not laugh but if i laugh i'm going to get hurt so bad Mm -hmm. it is not gonna be worth it (laughs) i think i think the 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 host also hosts that or his production company does because he mentioned the show he was like i was inspired by this show to do something like that but i felt like um, I think so. I think it was too so. limiting. It was too limiting. So this shit, it's like it's still censored, but it wasn't shown on TV and shit because it was like fucking dirty as shit. But Franco, what's the name of the show again? So if you Amazon Prime it, you can't you can't just type in documental because it'll think you mean documentary. Right. So it's Hitoshi Matsumoto, spelled just like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> presents documental. Documental. Yeah. What a great title too. Oh, dude. And dude, the intro is pretty cool. The the music that they choose for the intro song is awesome. Oh, is it Exodus? But, uh, famed, famed Bay Area thrash band Exodus? No. Oh. Why would that. it be Exodus? Because <laughs> they rule, man. And I, I believe Japanese people love thrash music enough that Exodus would be very appreciated. No, it was actually like a, it's like a, it's like a house song, kind of. It's like oh, an cool. electronic type of shit, but it, it 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 sounds very Latino towards the end of it. It's pretty cool. Ah, fire. A lot, a lot found, of cultures clashing on this show. Dude, I fucking love culture clashes, bro. I, I on my TikTok, right? I found a oh, little no. listen, I found a little hole, right? Where no there, there is a culture in Japan, right? That there's like Spanish bands. Like they make cumbia music, merengue music, bachata music. Wait, but they're and all Japanese. They're all Japanese, and I'm they're like, they're culturally what? appropriating that. I don't like no. it. No, oh, dude, it is so cool, bro. It is so cool. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> oh, that's um, fire. Dude, I don't I, like those Japanese greasers either. It almost makes hey, don't no. The Japanese greasers are saves. They're saviors, and I love them all. <laughs> they they're get a pass. great people. They always get a pass. Japanese culture for them, like eighty percent of it is like the fashion culture and stuff. Eighty percent of it, amazing. I will always stand them forever. Like there's so many weird cultures that I love out of there. Like oh my, um, god. Oh my god. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I was gonna hero. say like like the fucking like the neon truck people. That just spend all their oh. money on like semi trucks that are just what? like dayglowed to shit, and they just go to like track meets with like dayglowed like basically parade float semi trucks that are like covered <laughs> in like neon lights and like all, and it's so awesome. There's that, dude. Yeah, I that saw that. Sounds ja- terrible. Jamaica's into that shit, bro. Sean Paul dropped a music video. I think it was um, it was after. What was it? Temperature? It was Temperature, I think it was. Or the, the single before <laughs> That's a that. good song, though. It's probably the single before that, because Temperature is just that. very mute. Yeah. Yeah, the single before that. I forgot which one it was, bro, it's but it was fire. Fruity trucks. <laughs> Dude, it was... And I saw that. I saw exactly what you are talking about. All right, go ahead. What was the other one? Oh, no, it's so... But it's so cool, Dan. Fuck off. And then there's Virtual K, which is badass, which is, like, if, if like, thrash metal and hair metal can, like, mixed with, like, samurai culture. What? And so, Whoa. like, you have, you have like, these these heavy metal bands that show up, and they're all, like... They, they all look like fucking... Um, 
kabuki warriors basically and they go on stage and they th- they thrash like fucking like dream theater shit and i'm like what is what the fuck there's that shit's fire there's the greasers there's one i'm trying to remember the name of it it's it's like a subculture about like being a degenerate where like if you in japan if you have like blonde hair you're kind of looked down upon as like lesser than and trash so people ironically dye their hair blonde and like dress like fucking toughs and they just walk around streets and <laughs> like like in yeah. ec the killer that was the villain he had blonde hair that makes sense rush hour blonde hair. Rush, hour. <laughs> rush hour blonde hair Japan. Huh? all <laughs> japanese villains have that blonde hair <laughs> Not all of them. Well, only only the most oh the most evil. Dude, dude, I love that shit, dude. I I'm gonna talk to you about this, but um, there was <clears throat> in the seventies. You know how the psychedelics hit rock and roll, right? In the sixties, seventies, yeah. right? In the sixties, so yeah. they're still hitting me. So <laughs> so, <laughs> but but psychedelics hit the hit the um the music scene, right? Yeah, but they didn't only hit the music scene. In America, right? They hit the music scene um, in Peru really hard, right? And there's a pop, there's pop music, just the same way rock and roll was, but instead of their rock and roll, they had what was called cumbia music, and it was very poppy, and it was just like very, right? And it was just very like dancey and shit like that. But then right. psychedelics showed up. <laughs> these motherfuckers were influenced by, by like the, the Jimi like Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. So then. <laughs> It's this psychedelic scene started popping up called Chicha, and these like short, these short brown dudes, right? Like my fucking people, these little fucking these Inca <laughs> motherfuckers are just taking these psychedelics to the face, and they're fucking shredding, and they and they <laughs> and, and it and it's still the same, but they're fucking and they're fucking killing it, and it's it's just like they're tripping out, and I'm like, yo, I love this. This is oh. so dope, dude. Sounds awesome. It, it's so dope. And, uh, dude, I, I was like, after I found that, I was like, there has to be, like, crazy clashes of music, uh, of music that you don't really think about. I'm like, what else could there be? And then I started, uh, like, I, I researched, and I found, like, the Nigerian punk scene in the 70s. Oh, and, like, yeah. <laughs> dude, oh, dude, there's this thing called Zambrock where, like, it's it was, like, a lot of the British rock in, like, the 60s came down through Africa. And then a lot of the melody, there's some, there's some music that comes out of Africa in the sixties that you wouldn't be able to tell if it was like, you know, just a couple of dudes in this garage, or if it's like some crazy band in London and you wouldn't be able to tell until they start singing. Like, I swear to God, it sounds so good. It sounds like it's like the same quality. I don't know how a lot of them did it. Cause I was listening, I was watching this documentary. They had to fucking travel miles like hours just to get 200 records printed because that's all they could fit in their fucking suitcases because half of the countries it was like illegal to be making music um again uh, what's it called um fela kuti this motherfucker bro he was like the malcolm x of music he got arrested for making music came out and by the way was the most listened to artist in nigeria when it was illegal to make the music he was making Dude, they were passing legend. around his music like it was coke. It was oh, there was like shit. underground motherfuckers like, yo, here take this, yo, here take this. Oh, like, yo, you got that new fella? It's like, I got you. And this motherfucker gets arrested, right? And his yeah. band is like, yo, dude, we can't, we can't do this, bro. You're 
you know, you're in prison for, I forgot how many years. And he comes out and he's like, let's make music. And they're like, we can't make music, bro. You just got arrested. I want to make music. And he's like, yo, fuck that. Let's make music. And they're like, nah, that band's children were like, we'll do it. And he was like, fuck, let's get back on the fucking road then, motherfuckers. Oh, shit. He went to full on war with the Nigerian government, bro. They raided his home, threw his mother out the window out of the second <laughs> story. They killed his mom, bro. Holy shit. And you know Liam, what this motherfucker did? Do you want to know what this motherfucker did? He wrote, he, a he wrote a psychedelic song about it. Dude, nah. Right? The funeral's happening. He's pissed off. He's like, fuck this. Him, his fucking 900-piece band, both generations. <laughs> they lift up the casket. They march to whatever their version of, a version of the White House is. They march while they're playing the music that got him arrested. Put the casket on the front step like you did this shit, motherfuckers. Damn. Damn. That's Bro, badass. it was a full-on war, bro. And then they injected him with AIDS. That, oh. That's... That's uh, I, I don't know if that's uh. Yeah, you can't really write a psychedelic song about that. That's hard. But no, he was. But you know what they were arresting? They arrested him for. He made a song about soldiers, and he just called them zombies. <laughs> oh yeah, we we know a band that did that too, right, Liam? Damn. Uh, which band? The one that had the song "Soldiers" that you. Love. Oh god, damn it! <laughs> I don't love that song, Dan. That song. Oh man. The the band I'm talking about, Franco, is uh, famed um, multi-platinum recording artist Drowning Pool. Uh, the, mm. the the guy you're talking about sounds like uh, one thousand Drowning Pools. <laughs> that's okay. that's very disrespectful, Dan. I want you to apologize for what, bringing the up pool? the name of for bringing up the name of Obama's favorite metal band, Drowning Pool. Obama's lead favorite? singer. <laughs> There's a photo out there. Uh, we used it as the cover of the episode with Mark Henley of Drowning Pool hanging out with Barack Obama. <laughs> That's funny. It's wild. No, dude, there's so many fucking wild scenes, man. Like, I know now, like, Nigeria's going through a metal scene, which is wild. Like, everybody down there is dressing up like Rob Halford and just shredding. It's fucking dude. nuts. Dude, dude I, I, I the music that comes out of Africa is fucking amazing, dude. And another hole, real quick, another hole that I, I, I dove into was the disco scene in India. Oh, shit, yeah? Yeah, I, just heard, I just heard this really big uh, disco Indian song. Uh, you, you might have recommended it, Franco, of, of all I'm, people. I might have. What's, do you remember what it's called? Oh, damn. It's like a kind of like a generic kind of title. Um, it, it, was, it was by a woman. Um, I think it had disco in the title. Oh, it had disco in the title. I don't know if I remember. It was a good song. But dude, the, some of that shit is fucking is really dope. It is that and the, and the funk. And there's like this um and the Michael Jackson music from India. Oh yeah, that, that's just hilarious. <laughs> that's <laughs> hilarious. That's just hilarious. Yes, is that? Are we talking about Girly Mon? Not just that, man. Dude, Girly Mon. Really? Dude was dancing Girly on Mon. top of Mon. a moving fucking train. <laughs> and pop lock uh, he was pop locking on a transit train <laughs> on top of it not in the train on top holy god there's one band i listen to called the uh, durdur the durdur band <laughs> and uh they're fucking fire bro they're fucking fire the durdur is d-u-r-d-u-r durdur durdur band That's yeah do i do i could pronounce that as durdur no i found durdur. it i found it oh my god yeah. that's fire they have some. I don't. I forget what they're from. They're like, it's, 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 not the Sahara, but 
somewhere it starts with s but it doesn't matter um but they're fucking they're dope as shit yeah they because i was always interested i was like they have some funky music already like they have different chords and everything so i was like how dope would it be if they had a disco scene so i listened to the disco scene not as it wasn't as like influenced by their culture as i wanted it to be because i feel like they would have been able to be more creative with it a lot of it was like this is good for bollywood films but still pretty sick Still and pretty the, sick. And then the Beatles got a hold of it. And he's like, Paul, you go to here with Rolvi's giving me. They got disco music <laughs> in India now. Get out of here. <laughs> Don't let Ringo know. Ringo's got to take over. We can't do it. Stop. I could talk about I can talk about music the way you guys talk about movies. It's the same for me. No, I don't, bro. I don't like movies. I don't time, ever since this cuties movie, I don't like movies anymore. Damn, I gave up on movies. I do I do have a few more I have a few more talking points here. Um two of which uh, I, I specifically want to get to um, one of which they're both pretty controversial. They're pretty straight shooter. Uh, one of which is a bit personal. The other one, uh, eh, not so much, I guess. But let, let's get into it a bit. Uh, so when I met you, Franco, you were running uh, an operation called Jester Comedy Content House. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Jester. Shout out to Jester. Thanks. Big shout out. Big love. Um there was a lot of a lot of no, honestly, honestly, that, that, that sounded so funny. Big shout out, big love. <laughs> right, big, big shout out, big. Lo- I'm gonna need to put that on a t-shirt. Uh, but um, no, I I started doing open mics there. I went to like I think your first open mic down there. It was a fucking great time. The venue was amazing. Um, talk to the people, man. Talk to the people. It was a really cool, like a really cool situation, but like what the fuck happened? So Angelica and I, so, all right. So we found this nice spot. There's a friend we knew who like found, um, who owns a lot of property. And, um, he was like, yo, I have a hard time with this one spot. Um, we were like, well, we're looking for like a little office, just a little office space so we can go and like do what we have to do. And then he's like, well, I have this. Is this too big? And I showed up and um, Angelique, I FaceTime Angelique. And she was like, oh, oh, my God, that place is fucking huge. We could have shows here. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's like a there's like a back area where we can have an office and shit. And so we're like, yeah, let's just do that. Let's do this. And then our dream of just being a little business where just trying to help people find work, find have comics find work and uh, make a little like a network and stuff like that. It became bigger and it became something that's we had the venue and we're like, we can do shows here. We can do weird shows, sketch shows, anything that anybody wants to try out. We can do here. It could be like the home for like alt comedy in New Jersey. And in the back, eventually we wanted to do podcast recording, um, the writer's room, all types of shit. Like literally everything they can do with comedy. We wanted to do there. And um, so we, we got the place and put a lot of money into it, put a lot of work into it, trying to get it set up. And um, then we had to deal with this, the, the town. And, but at first I'll be honest with you. At first we didn't do it the right way. We were like, fuck it. Let's just be a little speakeasy. No one's going to know nothing. Let's do one or two shows to raise some money up, Nobody get our shit right. Nothing over there. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then one day we do this big old fat fucking show and it was a festival. It was the festival. We did the yeah. New Jersey festival, and so we did like a shit ton of shows. From 11 a.m. was our first show till our last show started at like 12 or like 11:30. Dang, no, that's cool. No, that that was fire. I wanted to go to that. I think I was working, which is big sad. See, your job gets in the way again, Liam. 
Ah, uh, Dan, don't blame it on my job. <laughs> so, I was just kidding. Uh, we we did everything legal. Um, so, anyway, so um, we had the show, right? And yeah. we had the fire marshal called on us. So we were like, oh, okay, fuck. So you can't have anybody here. We're like, all right, we get it. We can't have anybody here. Yeah, he was like, you haven't gone through any of the shit. So we're like, all right, whatever. So we were like, we're going to stop everything. We stopped everything. We're like, let's do this. You know, let's do all the paperwork. Let's do all that legal shit. So we started doing it. And then it was a lot of money to pay for the rent and to pay for all the legal fees and having to do all that, plus hire inspectors and have all that shit. So we're like, we're trying our best. And then we're like, fuck, we can't do this alone. So me and Angelique are arguing, or not even arguing, we're just talking about like, what can we do? Can we do show fundraisers? Like, yeah, but it's not going to raise that much money. Where can we do the fundraisers? We can do it here, here, here. And while we're trying to think about where to raise money, Sean McDonough out of nowhere goes, all right, we're doing a GoFundMe. And he just out of nowhere just drops the GoFundMe and sends us the link. And we're like, holy shit, this is this is fucking great. Sean raised like puts the GoFundMe out. Everyone pitches in, like the whole scene, everybody was so fucking cool. Some random dude named Mr. Jokes put a thousand dollars into the fucking GoFundMe. We were like, holy shit. It yeah. was up for like three days. We 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 fucking kicked our goals ass. We were super happy. We're like, holy shit, we have the money now to go through all the legal stuff. If, oh, and then like we're so close to opening up. We're so close to opening up. So we put the money into into the town. We're like, here you go. All the forms will fill it out. Take all our money. Let's just get the shit rolling. And they're like, all right, cool, no problem. They start, and then COVID hits. And then we're like, oh fuck. Oh. And then we're like, oh shit. What do we do? And while we're we're like, we have to wait it out. We can't let go of this. We can't let go of this. All the money that we raised started going to rent because we had trouble paying for our shit too and then we moved in and it was hard for us to uh to maintain that because like you know now we're both paying rent for our homes and then we're paying rent for that place and then we're like what do we do so the gofundme money started going straight to rent just because we were hoping like okay a month okay maybe maybe this month we'll be okay and then maybe this month we'll be okay and then it just kept on going and then eventually we're like yo we ran out of funds and like pull the plug um nothing we can do right now and even if we were able to open we have no outside area right now so we can really do any shows outside or do what we wanted to do um if we want you know so even if they were allowing people to go inside it'd be like our capacity was at 50 we could only have 50 people there and that's including the comics so if they're like you can only have three people we're like that's not really a show so we were just like you know what um Let's just uh, pull the plug for now and see what happens after all this. But it it sucked because we were like, dude, we I had a fucking uh, like a, a big old whiteboard filled with show ideas, filled with shit I wanted to do. I had like I talked to people about like podcasts I wanted to produce for them just because I was like, you need a podcast and I want to produce it for you type of shit. And like, yeah just a bunch of shit that we wanted to do uh, classes improv classes fucking we wanted to bring people in to teach comics the business of comedy because that's so important like because yeah. it's really hard for us to figure that out and there's no one teaching that so like we wanted to do all that shit but you know i guess that's just how it goes and nobody nobody saw this shit coming 
No one, no one saw the pandemic coming at all, man. Like, and yeah. it sucks that it's been like what five months now, four months of just fucking. It's six been probably months. six months. Six months yeah. coming up. Six months of just us fucking sitting in our holes and and living our lives. But like, you know, if if fucking white people could stop fucking not wearing masks and like stay home, maybe we would probably be all right by now. But nah, we're just we're just forever like that. That's a bummer, man. That's a bummer. Yeah. I I will mention though, was the rumor true that somebody was telling another? I I'm trying to keep this as vague as possible because we don't want to yeah. start shit. Yeah. But there was sort of an outside source that told a rival club about your existence. Oh. <laughs> uh... Was that was that. Is that corroborated as truth or not? Or is that like... So, okay. I You can name names, man. We no, name names all the no, time. No, no, no. There's, 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 if, if, if I want to be completely subjective about this, if I want to be completely like, you know... Yeah. There, there's no way to tell. All right. There's no way to tell outright. Like, no one's going to be like, yeah. If I straight up ask anybody, they're not going to be like... If I ask these people that were involved, they're not going to be like, yeah. You know? So, y- you don't know. But you can speculate. And you can be like, yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, some dirty shit might have happened because it felt kind of dirty, bro. It felt kind of dirty. But I don't know. Um, since then, I spoke with the rival club and uh, we talked it out and we're like, yo, let's piece this shit out because, uh, you know, I want to eat. You want to eat. We want to do our thing. We want to we're not touching your thing, you know, and it was we 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 pieced it out. And it was cool. And then, like, half a month later, <laughs> this shit hit. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. it was, you know. So I, I'm, I, I, people have been telling me that uh, that rival club started coronavirus because they saw that we were coming back, <laughs> and they knew that that's the only way that they could yeah. stop us. Shout out Nomads Comedy Club. Nomads one and two. I'm old shows on Nomads two. <laughs> old shows. That's funny. That's so. that's too good, man. I didn't want to name any names either because, like, I we don't know the specifics. I ran into Vinny the person Beetle. that's alleged. It, it's oh, let's just say it's Vinny Beetle. Yeah, it's not Vinny well, Beetle, but let's just say it's Vinny Beetle. I let's. He's already a parasite in the Jersey comedy scene. We might as no, well. No, now he's in the Florida talk. comedy scene. Yeah, he's in Florida. He's in Florida. And uh, yeah, he's in Florida booking shows. He's booking twenty dollars shows with Andy Bustamante. Allegedly, we we don't have that actual. Well, no, no. I was I was given a heads up. I was I was told he was on the show, and apparently, the word that I've been told this is just hearsay from friend of the podcast, uh, John John Beecroft, uh, when he was talking to Andy about it, uh, he hadn't gotten paid for it. Oh, (laughs) so uh... sorry to hear that. So yeah, it was a I'm giant rip. I'm not surprised ripper. to hear that, but I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Of course. But yeah, no. Um, I ran into the person that Throw allegedly the pulled this shit. Yeah, allegedly, I ran the into the rat. rat. Uh, the story was, uh, I was at a, I was at a show. Uh, I was at one of Reggie's shows up at McGinley's in New, in Jersey City before COVID hit. Because uh-huh. I love those guys. Shout out Reggie Parker, Dan Farley. Yeah, great, great human beings. Love them to death. And so I went up there to go check out the show. They were going to give me a spot. And I found out that one of the people on the show was the rat. Uh-huh. Oh. And I was like, oh, 
that's interesting. That's wild. And so well, who is it? I'm doing my I'm not fucking dropping names because first and foremost, Dan, if it's all hearsay and we just start throwing this guy's name out there, uh, it's called libel. Oh, I thought it was. I thought we can it was talk about it after the show. We can talk it about announced it announced at the show. We'll talk about it after the when the recording's not on. But um, so we were on the show. And fucking Dan gave me like, he was like, Dan and Reggie were like, yo, you want to do like a five? You want to do five? And I'm like, fuck yeah, sure. So I go, I do five. I record my set. It was actually kick ass for that small little room. It kicked ass. I got off. I go to the bathroom. The fucking guy comes in. The rat comes in and he's like, yo, that fucking Wawa bit you do? Because I do this Wawa bit about I parasites, parasites that hang out at my Wawa. That's what I like to call the rednecks that loiter in my parking lot. And I go on from there. He's like, that bitch so fucking good, man. Like, that's so good. You should go on with that. And I'm like, I feel like you're talking to me like you're trying to steal my joke. Is this what we're is this what we're doing right now? You're giving me like, oh, these are lines that you would have said so that when you do the joke that I'm just wanted to make sure. And so I made sure I got the recording just so I know that that was my bit. But um, yeah. I talked That's to good. fucking Reggie afterwards and I was oh. like, yo, Reg, uh, I'm going to like real talk with you, man. And he's like, yeah, sure. What's up? And I'm like, you had that guy on the show? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, did you not know that he was the fucker that, you know, pop fucking jester did you not know that and he's like no i had no idea like i had no idea but and then he like went into and he was like you know what i had no idea but to be frank i could tell i could tell like he's a very <laughs> business kind of dude like very yeah. much like shark in the water it's all money type shit so dude, it, like it's all the all the pieces fit dude like it was how in the fuck how in the fuck are you never at an open mic, but you're getting spots at this spot. How are you yeah. never doing shows with any of us? But you're getting spots at this club. I know many people like that. Yeah, but like also, how come every time I see you, Mr. Rat, <laughs> you look me in the eyes? Well, not even you look at me to see if I'm coming at you angry or not before you say a single word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I saw him one time and he just like just froze a bit and then I smiled. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he was like, oh, hey, hey, what's going on? Oh, hey, what's up, man? you just stared at me for a full second and now you know who i am when i say hi to you no 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 no. And when i went God, to his show who, who i went to his this? show oh you, you know and when i went to his show when I, <laughs> when I when i saw him do his uh quote unquote hour um his 20 minutes yeah um oh oh wait no i know i know uh -huh. who it is uh-huh yeah i walked up to him after the show and um i was like hey man like as, I was just like, what's up, man? I, I think I said good shit or something, right? And he looked right past me, pretending he couldn't see me, my big ass, to look at his photographer. Like, hey, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, over here, over here. And then I was like, what's up, dude? And he was like, oh, hey, dab me up. Like, like I was annoying him, right? Uh, dab me up and, like, walked off. Dude, when I showed up, though, and I sat down, somebody that was on the lineup, I sat next to them. And they looked at me, and they were like, hey. I was like, hey, what's up? And then they got up, went into the green room, and then came right back out and then sat next to me as if it was like, oh, this guy's here. Oh, right? shit. And then during the show, there was a point where he, this guy was doing material, and then he stopped, and he was like, well, you know, man, some things I don't. And he looked up at me and like where me and my boys were sitting, and he was like, nah, nah. You know what? I'm not going to say that shit. I'm not going to say that shit. What were you gonna say, dude? 
Because not only that, not not only did that you seem suspicious and it looked like suspicious and it looked like you know you were the rat when he booked me for his show. I caught him taking a joke, dude. Oh, oh Jesus! And Christ. I caught a recording of the very last bit, the very last bit. He took the punchline and set it up completely different, but he used the same punchline. Oh no! Was it your joke? Not my joke. His punchline was because you know. White people love Sweet Caroline. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ! Is that one of Gordon's bits? That's Gordon's bit, dude. Holy shit! Damn man, you don't want to be stealing goddamn Gordon's material. It's on man. an that's album. Gonna, that's gonna it's get on Gordon an album. <laughs> Holy God! Damn. It's on an album, dude. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wait, I thought he did a stolen joke on an album. I'm like, don't do that. No, 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 no. He did Gordon's joke on an album. Anyway. But I don't know. That's uh, that's some that's a low life. He, he, does, the, he, he does the sing along too. Is. He does the sing along. Oh he did the sing along. God damn. He so fucking he's... sweet Caroline and didn't you know didn't do Gordon's punchline, but he did the fucking white people can't resist sweet Caroline and blah blah blah. Jesus anyway. But dude, yo, and it was like every interaction was like that. And there was a point where I was like, yo, I can't I'm having a hard time hiding it. So I would see him sometimes and I'm just like, I just gotta ignore this dude. I'm just trying to be chill. Because, you know, because I was still going, to, I was still going to the club, you know, I was still, why, mind you, while this whole fucking rumor bullshit is happening, I'm still going to the club. The manager's liking me. I'm getting spots. He's giving me, he gave me a weekend or two. Yeah. Um, I was hosting the open mic. So I was still liked by the staff. And then every once in a while, one time though, the last time I saw this motherfucker, he showed up at the mic and I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, where is he on the list? <laughs> and he was like, he was like six more after me. And I was just like, I don't know who the fuck this guy, this guy is before him, but I'm switching spots. I want this motherfucker to follow me, because because <laughs> oh. we were because we were doing we were doing kind of clout, yeah, man. Dude, we were doing shotgun. Um, so there was no host after your set. You have to announce the next comp. Oh yeah, I've been I've been to those. Those are fun, man. Those are very fun. Oh shit. So I was like, let me go before him, please let me go before him, dude. Then, yes. Dude, fucking, oh, and, and we're like, he was like last, so I'm like 24th, he's 25th, and number three is on, on stage right now, and I'm in the back, I'm like, all right, um, okay, so uh, you, you seen him steal all your jokes? No, no, that's not good. Um, you seen him, he's a piece of shit, no, no, and I'm trying to think of the worst oh, way wow, I can bring him up. Go in on this guy. Dude, I was like, let me do my fucking A material, just bang, 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 and then go, this next guy is ass. Give it up, and, you know, and just like bring him up. Oh shit! Dude, like seventeen, I'm like I'm fucking staring at him from across the room. Eighteen, number eighteen goes up, and I'm like oh, I'm fucking I'm ready. I'm stoked. I still don't know what I'm gonna say, but I know it's gonna come, dude. Right. Once like twenty two hits, this guy's gone. Oh shit! He's gone. I was like, he, are you fucking kidding me, dude? He might have got a premonition. He probably saw the list. Yeah, it was yeah. God, I was damn. so mad. I was so mad. Like right now, I'm amped up already. I'm amped up just thinking about that shit. I would have said in any way, even if he wasn't there, <laughs> I would have introduced him. He's like, oh, he's not here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just do another like thirty seconds, just like, oh, that guy. Of course he's not. He's a weasel little fuck. <laughs> just rip him. Yeah. That would have been fire. I had to do that with Brandon Wonderlick, and he was there. Oh, jeez, we we already talked about this in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I like Franco's style, man. I I dig that. Dude, man, that's some yeah, that's some fucking vile shit. That's hardcore. That's punk rock. Dude, uh, bro, because I know like this kid's not in the trenches, bro. And like, I don't want to sound cocky, but I've I've been fucking working, so I, he can't follow me. 
If yeah. it's the person I'm thinking of, I haven't seen him in person in probably like two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I used to see him kind of on the half regular. Yeah. In the if beginning, I fell for his bullshit. Cause he was all like, "I'm gonna go on tour, bro." You know, it's all about fake it, so you make it, you make it look good. Blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah. It's, it's definitely the person I'm thinking of now. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. By the way, I want I just want to make this shit clear, and I don't give a fuck. When I when he booked me for a show, this was before all this shit happened, right? He booked okay. me for the show. I was like, "All right, cool, man. I'm getting paid. What? No problem." During the show, they stopped the show for a second. Which, by the way, he always gets comics that are worse than he is because he wants to look good. Host was Dookie. Uh, fucking Duke. I probably hosted twice. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> what is your I'm, start, I'm starting to get fucking amped, right? But, <laughs> dude, they stopped the show midway. Right? Everybody in the crowd, people he knows. All right, guys, I need you guys to do me a favor, all right? My cameraman's going to walk through the middle, all right? And I want you guys, when I come to three, I want you guys just to boo, be angry. Like, you just heard some some the worst shit you've ever heard. And then he was like, one, two, three, boo. All right, now we're going to do, you guys, fucking Chris Rock just entered. Yo, Kevin Hart just showed up. I want you guys to go crazy. And they had to go crazy. Now I want you guys to clap. So they were faking actions. Yeah. Right in the middle of the show. Stock reaction. Holy shit. So they can have it recorded. And then so whenever he puts his little fucking reel or whatever the fuck together. Oh, my God. It's going to look like he's fucking killing using other people's half material god damn that's fucking miserable can i tell you i did another show with him (laughs) and he asks the host i did a show where he quote unquote headlined right yeah (laughs) dude he asked the host right he was talking to these two girls before he went up right and he was just trying to mac he was like yeah you know he's trying to mac these two girls right he's trying to mac and then dude the host brings him up you've seen him on comedy central you seen him on BET. Oh, no, no, he, I swear that to God. Did, that didn't happen. I swear no. to God, bro. No. I swear to As God. Re- these are real credits. Dude, and <laughs> he uses these credits. Not that one show. <laughs> Not that one show. And th- this isn't even the story here, right? Because this these credits, these credits, he uses them. These are the credits oh, no. he uses everywhere, right? Oh. He goes on stage. Mr. BT Digital bombs, right? Mm. Gets off stage, goes back to those two women, and one of them walks away and starts talking to Elazar. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know this guy's not <laughs> Yo, Elazar must have started sweating, like re sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, Yo, go to Elazar, man. That's, go that's great. Shout out, shout out Elazar, El friend of the podcast, Elazar. Oh my god! Holy shit! Oh yeah. my god! So, uh, yeah, fuck Vinny Beetle. What a piece of shit! Yeah, bro. Holy god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had one more hit just to jump in there, and then I'll let Dan do whatever, and then we'll probably close out. Um. We talked about this on one of our other lost episodes that I'm trying to salvage at some point. Salvage a little bit. We have like two. And uh, we talked about one Victor Ponte on this lost episode. And Victor Ponte, apparently a regular at uh, one club that you, Franco, are um, very familiar with. Uh, You have any horror stories about the famous comedy club Scotty's Comedy Cove? Dude, well, you know what sucks? Here's what here's what sucks. 
because yeah. that was home for me coming up, right? That was my what I took to be my home club, right? Oh. And then after after a while, I started realizing <laughs> this is not a good place to be. <laughs> you just you just looked around and you're like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna because, go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because in the beginning, your focus is just getting better. Yes, you know, and I treated everybody with respect and shit, but the focus is just getting better. Um, and then there's even, I think the first year I went to Scotland, um, I think I, um, I think the the owner was like, you know, good luck and everyone wish him luck and everything like that because we all met, me, Schaefer, and Kate met at a competition at Scotty's, and then um, that's where all of it came from, and that's how we got to Scotland or whatever. But um, they wished us luck and shit. So then I bought a postcard and I was like, thank you guys. You guys are great. This is, you know, always a home club for me and blah, blah, blah. Now I kind of regret that because as time went on, I started seeing how fucking the the vacuum that they've created of just shitty, horrible people yeah. doing comedy. And then racist it, it, old men. Hey, don't racist talk about Bob men. Nelson like that, man. Head, headliner Bob Nelson. <laughs> Dude, but, you know, at the mics, I started noticing that I was like dirty shitty humor was getting rewarded because yeah. the owner was laughing the hardest yeah. and then the, the other guy was fucking laughing the hardest fucking uh, I don't, don't want to name names but and so that, yeah there we go so yeah, yeah, those, those <laughs> so they're rewarding John Hollywood I'm sorry <laughs> Crip Keeper himself John Hollywood <laughs> no, I would have said Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Rip. Picture Show man stop, yeah. stop having your hair like that god Oh, man. So they're just rewarding shitty behavior and, yeah. and like shitty comedy. And some of those comics, there's a couple of them that I'm like, yo, these guys would be really good. These guys are really good, but they don't leave here. Yeah. They don't try to go to another mic where they go, oh, I can try this. I can try actual crowd work instead of talking to these comics all the time. But it, everyone becomes really comfortable and all this shit. And then, dude, like, I tried getting work. The only reason, honestly, I got a weekend there one time. Was because yeah. Johnny Hollywood put his put a word out for me. Hell no, damn. I did. I got a weekend gig. I think it was two years in, maybe a little bit less. Damn, and he made a deal with the devil himself. Then he got into a vicious online feud with Oliver Hazen, Oliver H Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. No, so you know what? You know what's <laughs> giving deals, dude. You know what's crazy to me, bro? It was, it was, uh, it was, it was Coleman Green. He was, he was doing the show, but it was very rare that. There is a person of color headlining that show, and he was yeah. headlining the show. And then yeah. I was, uh, I, they asked me to be the host. I don't know why Hollywood didn't do it himself. I'm not sure. But anyway, they don't hire many pe people of color to headline. They really don't. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I was like, okay, I did it. Never again. I never got it again. Right. Mm. And then years go by, and I'm getting better. And I go back to the mic a couple times just to see what the fuck is going on in there. And it's the same right. shit. Same people like, and fucking, you know, but I stick shit in my ass, and everyone's like, "Ha ha ha!" <laughs> That's the punchline. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I stuck <laughs> a woman in my ass once. Fuck her. It's where she belongs. Ah, everyone's like, "Ah, yeah, cause she's shit." Ah. <laughs> um, fucking and, no uh, filter, Paul clapping like in like a monkey in the front, like yeah, the yes, no filter, Paul, yes, like uh, symbols and everything, like a fucking. But yo, listen, like individually as people, I've always showed them respect. They always show me respect. So I'm like, you know, yeah, bro. If, yeah. I, if I don't like your comedy, that's you. But like, yeah. But the thing is, it's it's a, what 
I don't like is what that place uh, rewards. And I got better, and I, and I did a couple shows there, and I did really well, right? But up goes this one guy, right? And this guy goes up, no bullshit. His act is like, have you ever heard an Asian person say fucking Halloween? And he's like, Halloween. Har-. He he didn't, no, 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 no. That's not his act. And I almost quoted <laughs> exactly. I was almost verbatim, bro. Holy <laughs> shit. What is this, 1987? <laughs> and like, it was bad then. It was a bad setup, but Halloween is definitely the punchline. My right? God. Can, can you say his name? I don't remember it. Oh, he's that bad. I don't remember. I, I just don't see him that much. Um, I saw him twice. I saw him there, and then I saw him when he was opening for the rat. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So I'm watching the owner die. He is laughing. Oh, my God. Bah, bah, bah. This he's guy's going on. He's laughing at this shit so hard. And then after the um, um, – I forgot who booked the show, but my buddy who booked the show. No, no, no. no, no, no. It was my friend who booked the show. He put him on. He put him on that show, and he was like, "Dude, I don't know why I put him. Whatever. Oh, he brought man, people. He brought people. Dropped the ball. He was like, he brought people. Whatever. So the owner goes to my friend. He's like, "What's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? Give me his information. I want to talk to him again." Holy. And I was God. like, "I fucking, I fucking killed today, right?" <laughs> so he wants to fucking put this guy on a weekend, right? And then oh. I, I come up to the owner later on that night, and I was like, "Cause I know he's he's looking for people to, for work." I, right. I fucking I crushed, and I go up to him, "Hey, man." I'm um, just so letting you know, yeah. You know, if you need any any work on the, if you got any work on the weekends or anything at all, even a five minute spot, I don't care. I'd love to do it. He's like, ah, I got your number. I got your number. Wow. Well, fuck you, man. And it's not even about that. It's just like, dude, I don't want to fucking go too off right now. But like, I, it's people I know. He said some inappropriate shit more more than a couple times, and, and I don't know. I kind of don't like that, man. Well, yeah, Scotty's has a notorious, uh, a notorious now uh, reputation for promoting racists and and uh, bigots and pieces of shit. Not, As, not to mention, dude, he tried to jip one of my boys who's a booker. He tried to, they tried to jip the fuck out of him. They tried to take some more extra money. They're like, oh, the deal was this much, and my boys like, I paid you the money, and they're like, no, the deal was this much, and he's like, no. Well, I talked to the other owner, and he told me it was this, and they're like. He would never talk to you. He was like, I'd never talk to you. He was like, Yeah, I fucking talked to you. You told me this number. I paid you this number. He's like, I never talk. I don't do the business here. You got to talk to the other owner. And he's like, What the fuck? So then the other owner comes in as like bad cop or whatever, and he's like, You owe me this much money. And he's like, I paid you what the what what the fucking agreement was. And they just try to fucking chip him out of more money because they saw that he brought more people than they thought. Jesus Christ! Listen, wow. you owe me this money, and you're gonna give it up. No, yeah. no, you you did your money, you did your work. We get we get the leftovers. That's what we do. So fucked yeah. over, my friend John Hollywood. That's a no go. God damn, man. Wasn't there some story you had about uh, what's it, John Hollywood doing like the the artard work word and like did like a whole set about that and like people in the back were just like, no, nah, it's just it's his delivery. That's the problem. That was oh, one story. Oh, no, it was it was another laughing. comic. It was another comic in that group, but it was, dude, it it was another comic in the group said a joke that didn't make any fucking sense. There was no connections between the setup and the punchline. And the fucking guy screamed his punchline. And it didn't make any sense. No one laughed. 
and his whole group, his clique that he was with, was like, ah, no, nah, it's the timing. It's the timing. <laughs> that sounds like my one of my jokes. No, nah, dude. But like, I'm sitting there, and in my head, I can clearly, I'm like, dude, I can't. I don't want to say the joke, but it's like, a your setup, a does not connect with B well enough <laughs> in your setup before you say the punchline. It's like a fucking mathematical error. Yeah. So you have to. It's it's a simple joke structure error. And these motherfuckers are like, it's the timing. And I'm like, oh, that's why all of you suck. That's why your whole fucking group <laughs> is cheeks, bro. There's only like, there's there's like one dude that there's a, some of them have some funny shit sometimes, but it's like fucking. Dude, I don't know. I don't understand. If you're in a group, if you're in a clique with comics and none of you guys are getting better, find new friends. Period. Yeah. Find new fucking friends, bro. I, 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 dude, starting out, even now, like, like, for example, me and Khalif, yo, if I do a shitty set, bro, he's like, send me that. I'm like, I don't want to. He's like, send me. I'm like, all right. I send it to him. He fucking breaks down my fucking set. He sends me his set he's proud of. I break down his set. I'm proud of one set. One time I was so proud of a set, I sent it to him. He was like, yo, you're getting too comfortable. This shit is not tight like you're supposed to be. Yeah. And like how I know you could do it. You think you're fucking having a good time just because you're doing a little crowd work. You felt good about it because it did well, but it's not as tight as you could be. And I've heard you do have better sets. So let's go down the shit. And I fucking took a notebook out and he was like, boom, 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 here. What the fuck was that? You said too many words here. You stepped on this punchline. You did it. And I'm like, there we go. Break me down and make me want to work harder. And then if my boys bomb, if we're at a mic, my boys bomb, I will. And I'm driving. They're bombing on the way home, dude. And I'm gonna keep bringing that shit up. If you bombed and I'm, if I, if you bombed at a mic or at a show, and I drove you, dude, there's no radio playing on the way home. We're listening <laughs> to your set, and I'm laughing through it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I like Khalif, man. I did, I did a show with him, man. He's a real, he's a real serious. He's, he's fun, but he's like d- to comedy. He's, he's very serious, and it's, yeah. it's, it's refreshing to like, you know, like just break it down, man. Because mm-hmm. he'll oh, talk, yeah. he'll talk to you for like hours about this and and it's yeah. for it's for like your bent it's for mutual benefit yeah that, and that's that's what we do yo sometimes for example the, the the mic on monday i called him it was the first person i called on the way home i had an hour drive and you know that that the the thing we we're talking about tom silver where yeah. it was um like if i die on stage like the next comic has to come up and like you know kill me to save the state to save the room that was me and khalif had the conversation and we're like yo like almost like a pact Promise me, if I bomb on stage and you're next, like kill me, kill me <laughs> to save the room, like. And we we told each other that, like, yo, that's what we have to do. And like, he'll be like, I won't be upset if you do it to me. And I was like, I'm not gonna be upset if you do it to me, because that's what needs to, you know, you gotta kill the villain for the greater good, dude. You gotta make it work, or else there's no point. There's no point. Yeah. Dan, Dan, are you? Did you drive home? No, I had to turn my car on because my phone's dying. And turn the air conditioner on. What were you saying? <laughs> the, oh fucking, the fucking noise changed. Yeah, yeah. I can tell. I, I gotta fix my microphone. I could. I could tell you plugged. Oh my god! I could tell you plugged. Dan. Dan, say something. Dan. Oh, he's out. Oh, he's out completely. He's trying to fix his microphone. He's gotcha. trying to do his best. Dan. Dan, I can't hear you. Hold on. If I just do that, and he just adds himself back in. Dan, Dan, you there? Yeah, I had to switch off hands-free link. All right, fair. All right, we did it. We made it work. We made it work. All right. But, uh, yeah, no, shit, dude. There's just so much, like, I wish I had somebody there that would just be like, yo, listen, hear me out. 
like your set suck dick because i know a lot of my bits like there's some work that i need to be that i need to retool and shit mm-hmm. and sometimes a lot sometimes some of it's just like the material you're working with is just what are you doing and then mm-hmm. other times the material is just like it's there you just got to punch it up a bit you just got to do it here you got to add a joke here add a line here make people like give a fuck and I, I guess I'm, I, I wish I had friendships like that. And instead, I just have a lot of people being like, say nothing if I do well. And then if I don't, I get people be like, oh, you are fucking terrible. <laughs> Kill yeah. yourself. Dude, yo, I'm telling you, hit me up. <laughs> send me a set. I, I tell people all the time, bro, like, if you need someone like that, send me a set. Send me a set you're proud of. Send me a set that you fucking bomb at. And then I'll fucking go through it. I, I get happy when I hear that shit. When someone's like, yo, can you help me out with this bit or whatever? I get phone calls a lot from like from a, a lot of friends that are doing stand up yeah. and they're like, yo, um, I'm trying to work out this bit, but it's not working. Can you let me know? And I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. I have I've... my one friend, Chris, Chris Darwa. He he fucking he calls me a lot. He's out in fucking Switzerland and he's fucking doing shit out there and he's fucking making moves out there, bro. Hell yeah. And he'll hit me up and he'll be like, hey, man, this bit's not working. And I'm like, all right, let's go through it. And I'm listening to a set and then I'm like, oh, okay, this is why or this is why. But sometimes some of the biggest notes are when people are like, what? That's the biggest note for me. Yeah. If I'm saying something and I'm like putting the joke, like uh, I say the joke and someone's like, what? I don't get it. I go, okay, that's all I need. Because that means what's in my head isn't completely out and written out yet. It's not in your head yet. I have to fix how I frame the whole joke. I have to fix how I tell the whole thing. Like I have to figure out everything out what is such a good note dude nice i don't get it it's such a is the second best but no i love doing that i love i love i love it's really hard for me to like nitpick my own shit because i'm too close to it yeah but when like someone else is like help me out with this bit i'm like okay i see the error here i see like where you can move this or whatever blah blah blah. i love that shit i love editing and fucking working on on the writing of jokes that's just my favorite hell yeah hell yeah big facts Dude, hit Hell me yeah. up. Hit me up, whatever. If you ever want to do, yeah, I'm, and I'm serious too. Take me up on this shit. All right, man. Hell yeah, appreciate it, dude. Appreciate yeah. it. It's so Dan. So Dan. So Dan. So buttons. So buttons. So, so I'm just I'm just saying. Do you have any talking points left over, my guy? I don't start my senses with so. Number one, that's condescending. Number two, uh, I wanted to ask Franco. Oh, wow. Um, Fucking salt police over call here. Call me a liar if I'm a liar, man. I'm telling the truth. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that I found out who that rat was, too. That uh, Damn, man, I had no idea. Uh, that is uh, that is a revelation. because The alleged rat. The so alleged rat. It's, no, no, I can believe that because I'm really thinking about my interactions with him and what he was telling me he was doing at the time. This all lines up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of uh, fluff in his presentation as well. I saw the videos. <sighs> yeah. All right, all right. So, Dan, you got any talking points? You got a question? Got yeah, I wanted to know, um, Franco, in the midst of of uh, things reopening, and mm-hmm. did you ever do any Zoom shows? By the way, like any online no. anything? Nope. Okay. I'm the same way, man. I oh, can't. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm. I guess I'm a purist that way. Uh. I I have to have that audience comedian on stage reaction. Like I can't do it through a screen. That's not, it's something else. It's something I'm not going to say it's not comedy, but it's not stand up comedy. That's not what that is. Yeah. It's not. I had some friends, Khalif, Khalif did a bunch of them. He said he loved it. He said, you can see him laughing even better. Like 
it, it, crowd work is better because you can see their names. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see his enough. point of view on that, but I, I can only see that as a novelty in a way, like for the yeah. time being. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like if like in the future people are like, yeah, I remember doing Zoom shows. I'd be okay if I didn't. <laughs> I'd be okay. If I didn't. <laughs> well, today today is the day. Well, we podcast that in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey opened up indoor dining today, and a lot of other indoor stuff. And we can finally go back indoors at the Brighton Bar coming up on uh, Monday. Uh, Franco, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, do you see stand up comedy, you know, slowly coming back to normal? Yeah, like slowly. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's people that said it's dead forever. I'm like, there's no way. That's so stupid, dude. It's, it's just, so it's based on the region, man. Like, honestly, like, COVID at this point, most of New York's quarantined. We did enough of a good job that, like, I think only a few places have, like, spikes, but we're basically clear. It's right now just swamping through Texas and fucking Cali. It's right now on the West Coast. So, like, we're we're in the better spot than most so i don't see what the issue is with us like slowly reopening and taking like the precautions keep the those precautions, precautions. don't shake anybody's yeah. hand keep the mask yeah. uh keep keep some shit in your car as far as you know like um hand sanitizer and whatnot and don't wipe your fucking eyes or like pick your nose in public man yeah you know what this fucking thing exposed it exposed the filthy habits of a lot of people that they just weren't addressing yeah. and now you have to address this shit yeah, yeah. No, I feel yeah. that. A lot yeah. of dirty-ass comedians, man. Max she friend of the podcast, Max Shepard, was telling me how dirty her car was. She was making, like, a bit out of it. I, <laughs> and, and I have a bit rebuttal to that. I'm like, if I get in a woman's car and it is filthy and I got to move shit out of the way, I'm automatically assuming her pussy's disgusting. Flat the fuck out. Oh, jeez, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't think I could assume that. I've, I've Well, then you pristine, get in your car. I've seen some pristine pussies. And they had some dirty <laughs> they cars. Had some shitty... All right, well, there's exceptions. Some dirty Durangos. I, I, I want to know these women. Uh, Franco, if you could forward me their phone numbers. I, they blocked me. I don't even oh, know. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard. Like, no, no, no. They blocked me. God damn. <laughs> you got anybody you want to anti-shout out, Franco, uh, before uh, we, we do your uh, plugs? Anti-shout out? Anti. You know, like, like you know. Call you, the fuck you out? Big, you big, no, you bigged up the... Uh, 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 Khalif, but you downed uh, John Hollywood. Uh, how about um? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You, know? you downed John Hollywood. <laughs> okay, I, I, I said, I said, he was always been respectful to me. He also put his word out for me to give me some weekend work. All right, not a fan of his stand up. He's a very nice guy to me. Whenever all I right, I admit I downed John Hollywood. Then all yeah. right, <laughs> let's not get it uh, twisted. Um, do you know Ben Williams by any chance? Yeah, 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 yeah. You do yeah, know him. I do. Oh, I, do. I told I I, you. I think I do know who you're talking about. That's the guy that dropped the N bomb, right? Yes. Oh, there we go. Yep. Yes. There if you is. want, you can fucking give him an anti shout out. Or let me think of somebody else who I'm having uh, active beef with. Uh, uh, Blair uh, Warner. No, uh, no, nah, nah, nobody the way, knows who that guy is yet. By, by the way, when that guy dropped the N bomb, right? I had a friend of mine who was so violently high oh uh, danny done. braff <laughs> yeah, our boy yeah. danny braff shout out Dude, danny you guys braff. have no yeah, problem <laughs> naming people bro i get so Look, scared i don't want to name i don't want to blow do. anybody's spot up 
No, but that's man, what this podcast fun, is for, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's so funny, bro. He got so high, he thought it was him that said the N-word. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he really did, dude. I was driving him home. He's like, no, dude, I really thought I said that bit. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I ate that whole edible way too fast. <laughs> oh, you got it. Did he, did he tell you the whole thing? Did he tell you the whole thing about it of why he thought that was? Yeah, man. He told me. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no. So, for those who are unaware, so, all right. So, we talked about Ben Williams on the podcast before. We talked about the incident. Our friend, our friend Victoria Scaplin, she she hosted a sauce mic one week because apparently Dan hates me. And so, Victoria hosted the mic and she introduced Ben Williams. And Ben goes up and does his Domino's material. And then he does three minutes of just, I'm too white to say the N-word. And then just drops the hard R 30 minute, 30 times in like three minutes. I counted 13, but it may as well have been 30. Everyone went silent. No one wanted, like, it was awkward as sin. He got off. Victoria has to go up and be like, well, that was well, that was Ben Williams. Uh, coming up next is uh Danny Braff. <laughs> Dan starts hysterically laughing because he is now. Uh, we need to have him on the. We need to have him on the podcast tell this whole story. But he, he was stand up high on his tits on yeah. edibles, and he gets on, and his whole he's set. He's never been is, that high before. Yes. No. Yes, you're right. He is such a sheltered boy. I love him. Anyway, he he gets up and he's just like hysterically laughing. And then whenever he composes himself, he's like, give it up to Elazar. (laughs) 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 And the whole for like five minutes. He was killing with that Elazar bit. He was destroying. He's just laughing, just like, give it up to Elazar. (laughs) And the whole room. It was like Ben Williams never existed. It was so great. And so he gets off. He looks at his Instagram. He looks at my my, uh, story on Instagram. And he sees me post <laughs> this giant long-winded rant on my Instagram story of like, motherfuckers at open mic shouldn't be saying the hard R. You're not fucking funny. It's inappropriate. It's not cool. It's disrespectful. What the fuck are you doing? Don't say the hard R at an open mic. He's reading it. And now he's like, did I, did I say the N word? <laughs> did I? Did, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> dude oh here here's the dude that's so funny but here's the best part right that was the same night where annie and i q and i, th- I think it was q went to go see the rat show that's yeah. the same, that was the same night that was the same, same night because night. danny's like i popped some edibles i hope this is gonna be fun and we're like all right cool so we're sitting there watching the show and uh <laughs> Uh, like I think some of the comments were going up or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We're just watching the show, and I'm like, ugh. And uh, the audience is having a great time because they all know everybody there. And then uh, <laughs> out of nowhere, Danny just fucking – he's sitting in front of me. He turns around so hard, looks me right in the eyes, and he goes, <laughs> I got to go. I got to go right now. I'm like, oh, 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 what happened? He's like, I, I can't. I can't do this. I'm too loud. I'm too loud. I'm like, okay, okay, dude. I gotta go. I gotta go. And then he just runs out. Like, doesn't walk out. He runs out. He and ran like, out. Like, like, 
But like like the Danny run, like the Danny run where it's like a speed walk. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a weird <laughs> run. Yeah. While he's still picking up shit, like his jacket and shit, and he's like he he runs out of the fucking club, and They're then sweaty. And then when I when I meet up with him, he's like, I think it's in the N word. Because <laughs> I showed up <laughs> like I showed up to the like, afterwards. Like, I think it's in the N word. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good Danny Brant impression, by the way. That sounded oh. just like him. <laughs> oh, dude, I, dude, I put the Danny all the time, bro. Danny, yeah, I, it's fucking. Danny's yeah, a hero. Uh, we need to have night, him on the man. podcast. What a, what a hero! God, was Q I, I was was Q there with you guys when he said that? Yeah, but I don't I don't think Q knew why Danny left. He was just saying, oh, "All right, where you go?" No, no, I mean like but, when you guys reconvened and he's like, "I think I said the N word." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think somebody else was with was next to him. I think Elazar was next to him, and then Elazar was like, "I don't know why you said that, man." <laughs> and then Danny kept going like, "Did I really say that? Did I, are you messing with me, or did I really say that?" And he was just like all up in Elazar's face. I was just, and Elazar's dying. And it's clearly <laughs> a joke. He's clearly fucking with him. And, and then Danny's like, "You're not answering me, though. You're not answering me, though." <laughs> Oh shit, that's Danny, fire. Bro. Danny's what a good Danny, dude, dude, you gotta have Danny on. He's got fucking stories, dude. And my favorite part, Danny calls me all the time, right? And then you never know. Cause I have to tell Danny how to how to call me on the phone because he doesn't call people regular, right? He bucked out me six times during the fucking pandemic, man. Never picked up one time. <laughs> dude, so let's say I call you, Dan, right? The phone rings, you pick up, right? And you go, hello, right? Right. And then I go, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? You got a minute? I just want to talk, talk some shit, whatever. And then you tell me, yeah, yeah, no problem, right? Right. And he will call me. I go, hello? He goes, so, um, did I ever tell you when I saw a titty in the wild? And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> See, he started out with so. That's very condescending. <laughs> wait, wait, Dude. what did what did he say? <laughs> Did they ever tell you when I saw a titty in the wild? And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> and then I'll be like, what are you talking about? And he's like, okay, so uh, when I was in Florida, and I was like, okay, we're going. Like, this is a two-hour conversation now. And, dude, it's it's the fucking best, dude. He, he, he has fucking stories. Holy God. That story was about, like, him at a bar with a bunch of friends, and they were all drinking. And then he told people, like, I have giant nipples. Because he got drunk. He was like, I have fucking huge nipples. And the one girl was like, let me see. And, he's, and he was like, no. And she's like... I'll show you my nipples if you show me yours. And Danny was like, all right. And he lifted his shirt up. And everybody's like, God damn, those are giant nipples. And then she just flashed them. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Danny's got some stories, man. Oh, Danny's the fucking, he's so funny, dude. He's so funny, bro. He is such a fucking hero. I love Danny Brash. He's a magical I went to his boy. House. I went to his house once. He made me latkes, dude. That was my fucking, that was so fun. For real. I laughed so hard, dude. Danny, because Danny gets weirder the closer you get to his house. <laughs> the closer <laughs> you get to like where Danny lives and sleeps, it gets even weirder and it's yeah. even funnier, bro. I had him over my house and all I did was piss all over my guest house. <laughs> <laughs> that what was a magic trip, dude. What a trip, man. What a trip. Franco, thank you so much for joining hey, us thanks. on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me, dude. This was a lot of fun. Thank Hell you, yeah. Franco. Yeah, we thank you. We are glad that our guests have been having lots of fun on our show, even though we're very divisive. 
Yeah, we are very opinionated. We don't hold any bars. We don't pull any punches. We name names and we bring the fucking heat. So speaking of bringing fucking heat, yo, Franco, check it. Drop your shit. Instagram, Franco underscore danger. Twitch, Franco danger. Xbox, Franco danger. Twitter, Franco underscore danger. That's it. I like the consistency, man. That's some yeah. pretty consistent stuff, unlike my my dumbass, where you can reach me on Real Ultra Liam on Twitter, any Liam in the world, my personal Instagram, and the Foul Housemates HQ Instagram. You can check us out. Please follow. Please yeah. follow. Uh, you could also follow this eventually on YouTube, but we do have a Twitch at the Foul Housemates HQ on Twitch. We haven't streamed yet. Probably never will, but we oh. have it. It's all that matters. We probably will. It doesn't matter. But, uh, Dan, do you have anything to plug? Add Daniel Caprio on Instagram, Daniel Caprio on YouTube, and add Daniel underscore Caprio on Twitter. And, uh, uh, yeah, n- new videos coming soon. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I like uh, plug your TikToks, boys. Uh, I don't got one. I never will <laughs> have one. Mine's uh, Franco underscore Danger. <laughs> you can also search uh, Thicky Ricardo and I'll pop up. Oh, nice, oh. Thicky Ricardo. Follow him on TikTok. Apparently, that sounds like something else. I might, Thicky I might, Ricardo. I might make a TikTok just to be a rebel and fight against the ban that Donald Trump's putting down, like a real dude, revolution. TikTok is the fucking best, yo. My my <laughs> feed is just filled with ass titties and UFOs, dude. I it's don't the fucking agree with best. You there. That'll do it for episode 17 of the podcast. You Make sure you follow us on Spotify. We're also on Anchor. We're on anywhere podcasts are put up, except for iTunes music, because fuck that bullshit. Uh, this has been Liam Wolf signing out. Ladies and gentlemen, take care and remember, do-do-do-do-do. Pee-pee's out. Hashtag John Hollywood. Pee-pee's out. This is a pee-pee's out only podcast. <laughs> P-P-O-P.